in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome everybody, it is Tuesday, August 22nd, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, we are coming to you live, I think, from the Kentucky State Fair, uh, back here again for the third time in the last couple weeks, we'll be out here again on Thursday and Friday, if you're at the fair or in the area, stop by and see us, we're in the south wing by the C-15 Pillar, this is the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios for the day, modern UofL College of Business Doing all they can do to hook you up with an MBA in just 12 months. Learn the best practices from their award-winning faculty, serial entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and national business leaders while competing for thousands of dollars in startup funding and business plan competitions. Start your journey today by visiting business.louisville.edu slash MBA. We're on the air today from 319 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming all over the United States of America. You know us better. SB Big X. Mike Rutherford here. Patrick Ryan, young Patrick Ryan, is here with me at the fair. Trevor Kelsey back in Jeffersonville. Had a little uh, technical difficulties to start, but we made it on here. We, we, we got here. Trevor, can you hear us? Can we hear you? I can hear I you. I can hear you. Can I can you hear, hear you. Me. Hear me. We got you. This is good. I think we're, I think, I think we're good to go now. Uh, Trevor at, at three played the song, and we did not know it we, we we couldn't hear it and so i think patrick and i just talked about ius or something for like 30 seconds and that was the open so that was the we've had some bad opens on the show over the years this is probably top of the list but we're good to go now we're here uh trevor's doing well in jeffersonville patrick ryan how are you second day of school for you you're a big college kid now yeah uh, slow on purpose now what you're talking slow on purpose now uh, i'm a little used to it now but <laughs> uh still a little disorienting the delay but yeah uh had two classes today uh one not earliest was at 9 30 which is better than the 8 a.m i had yesterday nice. so that's doing good. pretty good syllabus a lot of syllabi it's still about a week that's fine you, you'll learn when you become a senior that you can just skip the first week and then reschedule your class you don't even have to be registered in classes for the first week you can uh just register that friday and boom miss a full week of classes in the semester it's great it's, it's, it's how you do it uh, we want to hear from you today on the Thornton's text line. Hit us up with your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns, your topic ideas, your whatever at 502-414-1450. Get our monitor Thornton's hooking up with the best deals all summer long. Download their Refreshing Rewards app. Become a Refreshing Rewards program member to take full advantage. It's going to save you money at the pump. Gas is high again if you want to save some money there. 
Download the Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money inside as well anytime you stop into one of the 34,333 area Thornton's locations. Do that and then text us at 502-414-1450. Uh, TK, you, you, get, you, you were a little frustrated, I could tell, but we, we got you. you. You calmed down. You got the internet going. You're feeling good. You're woosah. How, how are you feeling now? I'm, I'm good. 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 Just good. Uh, just, uh, just chilling, just chilling listen listening to you, to you listen, to Patrick, listen to Patrick, give some great, great, great detail to his first day of school. school. And uh, now I'm just, just, uh, just kind of hanging, hanging out. Hanging out. Ready to do a little bats game tonight. How was your Monday evening? Did you spend it watching any preseason football, or were you watching another trilogy in six hours? Both, Both because, because I had plenty, plenty of time. Of time. Uh, I did uh, watch a little bit of a lot to read the Ravens game. Saw Chris Rodriguez fumble. Uh, watch uh, Lamar Jackson, Jackson say OBJ won a Super Bowl, which he which barely, barely did. Apparently, your sound is messed up. People are saying your voice is coming over twice. So it's not just you hearing it. You have a double echo. You you, you have an echo with your, your voice. So okay, you may, okay. I'll, you say, may I'll say one last thing, and I'll okay. send, it, and I'll send it, back to you. it back to you. I did watch, I did watch Suicide, Suicide Kings last, last, last night as well as King of New York. You need to watch one of those two. I'm out. I'm out. The entire text line is just... We have two Trevors talking. Please stop it. Oh, end up, end up on a drone. <laughs> about two drones. That was going to be the start of the show. Was I was going to talk about Trevor becoming a, gr- a drone guy. Uh, the, the show bullying him into buying a drone. He found like a $36 drone, I believe. And now he can't defend himself when we talk about him. But he, he bought a cheap drone. It's got a camera. It's got videos. And now I'm terrified for the entire Westport Road area. He's uh, he, Trevor with a drone is Louisville's worst nightmare. Well, if it's a $36 drone, he's going to crash it once, and it's done. Trevor will not. So Trevor's drone will be here, I think, before the end of the week. I don't think. It won't survive until next Monday. There's, yeah. there's zero chance that the drone makes it. The first time, the only way it survives to Monday is if he's too lazy to actually use it. I think the first time he gets it out there and starts using it, it's going to get broken. I mean, if there's Im- any assembly required, we, we can kiss it goodbye. It's not happening. I feel like Trevor will echo these words, no pun intended. He's going to say, let's see how high I can get this thing, and that's going to be the end of it. He's going to get curious about how far he can push the limits, and then, boom, the drone's done. Well, if it's a $36 drone, there's no way it has a camera like we wanted. <laughs> Texas says, pitch hitting for Pedro Bobon, Barbon. Manny Moza. <laughs> Texas says, LOL, Trevor, tell with everyone, I'm not stopping. I did like that he just kept going after I told him that everybody is like, this is unlistenable, please make it stop, please. Trevor's like, one last thing. And then he uh, said, like, three more things. Yeah, maybe we can get that fixed. I, I don't know. But we had two Trevors talking. It's okay. We've got lots to get to today. Is there anything worse for the world than two Trevors? No. It was it, – was, it sounded fine in my ears. So I, 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 yeah. I thought it was okay, but apparently it was unlistenable for the people. It's probably something there. whenever it comes to us and then it rebroadcasts back over. We'll get it fixed. 542, we'll have it fixed. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Oh, it's no doubt. Be great. It is uh, insanely hot out there. If you don't have to go outside, please don't. We are under a excessive heat warning, I believe, for the rest of the day. And it's only going to get hotter the rest of the week. It is, like, it's going to be like 100, I think, on Thursday. The kids, I, I saw um, the high schools around me were practicing this morning super early because they couldn't. I'm assuming that it's going to be too dangerous for them to practice after school. And it's going to be interesting to see Friday night. I think a lot of the high school games are just not going to be able to be played. because I know it's be Trinity so pushed theirs back to 8. They pushed it back to 8, and I'm still not sure if that's going to make it happen. I think St. X was trying to move their game to Saturday morning, 
and they couldn't find officials, so they're sticking with Friday night. But it, it's going to get, I think, it's going to be like 11, 12 degrees cooler on Saturday. So if you can move the game to Saturday, that would be great. But it's going to be, my God, it's going to be insanely hot for the next few days. So keep inside if you can. But we're we're thankfully inside the comfort here of the South Wing, where it's well air-conditioned. Not quite as many people here as there were, I think, the first day last week when we had all the JCPS students that were out of school. Thursday was nuts. Uh, Friday was a li- was still pretty nuts. Today it's it's a little bit lighter. I still weaseled my way into the the prime parking spot. They were nice about that. You didn't. That's I okay. didn't. That's okay. We'll, we'll try and I again. have the Comrex, so mm-hmm. that's you should just fl- all you have to do with these guys. I figured out is say sports radio show. And be like, oh, you should just say that at the beginning. Go on in. You're good to go. So just say that if we're back out here Thursday and Friday, make that happen. We've got uh, actual sports stuff to get to. It is 10 days away from kickoff of the 2023 UFL football season. The last day, football's back. I've been saying, I'm going to say it every day until we get here. The last day where we've got a double digit waiting time. From now on, boom, single digits. It's a good feeling when you get there. Until and then, by week. God, when we get there, yeah, week zero, the lines are out. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We've got Georgia Tech naming a starting quarterback today. We now know who we can uh, get ready to prepare for on defense, on defense when the Yellow Jackets take the field on Friday night. We've got Mark Stoops talking some trash, throwing it back out there. The summer of UK L smack talk. It's not quite what it was like 10 years ago or so, but it's, it's been ratcheted up this summer, and I, I like it. I'm glad that we're back in the game, back in the mix. It feels good to have both sides taking shots again. We've got uh, Brooks Holton had a good story about power conference basketball programs that have had seasons on par with Kenny Payne's first season or in the same realm as Kenny Payne's first season and what they've been able to do after that. Um, there's some good history there. There's some not-so-good history there. So we'll get all, to all that. The White Sox might be moving. Some crazy baseball stories are out there. We've got a, a wild story involving a relationship that I want to discuss with Trevor, if we can get his mic, mic fixed. And then UK fans are upset about something that's going to happen this year in their football season. We'll talk about that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and take our first break because we have to stay on schedule here. When we come back, maybe we can get Trevor's mic fixed. If not, we're going to jump right into these football talking points. We'll talk Georgia Tech's quarterback. We'll talk Mark Stoops. All that coming your way as the Mike Rutherford Show rolls on here from the Kentucky State Fair on a Tuesday here on 1450 AM and 96.1 FM, The Big X. Maybe, baby, you'll be true. Maybe, baby. I'll have you for me. It's funny, honey, you don't care. You never listen to my friends. I'm missing, oh boy. Oh boy. When you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy. The whole world can see that you are what I'm meant for me. Welcome back in Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here live from the Kentucky State Fair on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X, Mike Rutherford, and young Patrick Ryan in the house here at the State Fair. Trevor Kelsey back in Jeffersonville with an echo problem on his mic, but uh, maybe we can get that fixed as time goes on. Still back on? Still back on? Yeah, talk for a second. We can't tell. Because we can't tell. You sound fine to us. I hear the echo. echo. You do? So it's probably going over there. Let us know on the text line if... You heard that as well. Uh, text or just text, text me, text me. everyone else is. Else is. <laughs> Dexter says the drone is the new recliner all over again. I'd almost forgotten about the, the Trevor recliner. from It was about this time a year ago. He, I think, got 
I want to say he got it for football season. Is this right, TK? You can just say it really quickly so the echo doesn't just kill Just say people. yes or no. Yes. 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 It was, it was for football season, and then that was the famous. He didn't want to assemble it, and he had somebody assemble it for him and then realized thought he was missing a part where it, where it couldn't recline. And I was like, it's definitely either in the box still or in the recliner. And sure enough, I think it ended up being one of those things. Trevor's. I mean, he's going to have to get somebody to assemble this bad boy for him, I think, or else it's just not going to work, period. Texture says, we need to plan the show uh, when we reveal Trevor's ACT score. Yeah, we, and, and his mic is still reverbing. The echo is still, still going strong. We need to, yeah, we, we, two things we have to get solidified. We've got the salad day is going to be Monday. Trevor's going to eat a salad to make sure that we have a good football season, because if not, he's cursed Jeff Brom's first season already. And then ACT score day. We've got to figure out something to do with that, because that'll be the Saturday after we play Murray State. And it takes like two weeks to get scores back, though. That's the other thing too. Is like you know, I'm curious to hear about his experience. I'm sure there will be some funny stories from when he actually goes and takes it. But then the the, the big thing that people want is the score. So we're not gonna it won't all happen that Monday. But thankfully we'll have like we'll have Murray State on Thursday. So we'll talk about that on Friday's show, and then Monday we'll pretty much dedicate the entire thing to TK, and then we'll get ready for uh, for Indiana that weekend. The thing is, so I guess we are on. We're streaming on Facebook. We are. Facebook says there's no there's no echo on Trevor there. So no echo on video. Can they hear Trevor? Yes. Because oh. we couldn't hear Trevor on the video on Friday. But So we, we, you know, we're doing so, a lot of things right. We just can't get all the things right at one time, which is, is okay. Uh, we'll talk real quickly about the big news as far as Louisville Georgia Tech is concerned, which, again, 10 days away, it feels good to be this close, is that Georgia Tech has named a starting quarterback for the game. We've known for a long time that Jack Plummer is going to be Louisville starting quarterback, but A&M, I mean, I should say Georgia Tech, has named A&M transfer quarterback Haynes King as their starter. Sounds like a Texas starting quarterback name, Haynes King, uh, who transferred to GT after three years in College Station. They made it official today. Um, Kelly Quinlan of Rivals, I guess, technically broke the news, tweeting out Haynes King will be the starting quarterback for Louisville for Georgia Tech. Coming out of high school, he was a four-star prospect out of Longview, Texas. Played six games this past season for the Aggies. Threw for uh, 1,220 yards, seven touchdowns, but also six interceptions. He ended up getting replaced towards the end of the season by five-star quarterback uh, Connor Wiegman. He rushed for 150 yards and a touchdown and 41 carries. Definitely you know, not the, the triple option type quarterback that we've seen from Tech in recent years, but certainly a guy who can move a little bit, a little bit of a dual threat, has enough of an arm to beat you, but has been very inconsistent through his first three seasons of college football. Uh, played very sparingly as a freshman uh, three years ago. I think only threw four passes. Played a little bit more as a redshirt freshman the year after, and then last year got his shot to be the starting quarterback for A&M, and then ultimately did not last as the starting quarterback. But it's a slightly new offense for Brent Key. It's not going to be the way that it was before. It sounds like this guy fits their scheme well enough. I don't think this is wildly unexpected, but it's official now. Haynes King starting for quarterback at Georgia Tech against Louisville. Patrick, any gigantic takes on this? Do you know the other options for their starting quarterback? No idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about this guy anyway. So There it is. He's <laughs> Haynes King. We're going to win. That's what I know. That's, that's, that's the that's one thing I know. Uh, we've got... Uh, I thought it was interesting. Matt McGavick, our guy over there at Louisville Report, and Keith Wynn does this all the time too. His will be coming out, I'm assuming, some point this week or early next week. 
Fall camp is done. It's now full-on game planning mode for Georgia Tech if you're a Louisville fan. So Matt McGavick said, let's take a revamped look at the depth chart. Let's try to project the two deep for what we're going to see. I guess we'll find out in six days. It'll be Monday we get the game notes for Georgia Tech. We'll see the depth chart then. Now, you know, who knows? Louisville sometimes in the past has done the – we've got 55 oars on the depth chart, so you, know, you may not get a clear look. But if we're projecting quarterback, I think we all know Jack Plummer's the starter. There's been a lot of talk about the backup in recent weeks slash days. Who do you project to be the backup quarterback, Patrick Ryan? You've got inside info. What are you, what are you hitting us with here? I think it might be a Brock Doman or Harrison Bailey. Oh, over Pierce Clarkson. Yes. And Brady Allen. I think if... So you're saying the texter, Harrison Bailey insider, is maybe onto something here. He might be onto something. He might be onto something. All right. I think if if first play, Jack Plummer goes down, his foot's facing the wrong way, Brock Doman goes in, and if it goes well the first few series, they ride with him, and if it doesn't, I think it's a quick pull to Harrison Bailey. Wow. I like that. I do think that when you see the depth chart – I'm with you in that there might be an or. If there's not an or, it's going to be Brock Doman, right? I feel like he's the guy. He came in. He was the backup. He's been the primary backup now for a couple of seasons. He won three out of four games as a starter for you last year. And like you said, you know what you're getting with him. He can go out there. He can be a game manager. If things do go poorly, maybe you turn to one of these guys who has maybe a little bit more of a higher upside but a lower ceiling, like Bailey, like Clarkson, like Brady Allen. But I do think when we get that first depth chart, you're probably going to see Brock Doman there as the as the primary backup, at least him either by himself or with somebody else. Running back, I, th- I think it's pretty straightforward. I think you got Jordan Turner. Boom, done. Garendo probably the number three, but we're just talking too deep. Wide receiver, I'm very curious to see. I mean, Chris Bell has gotten so much hype. He was McGavick listed him as one of the six guys that impressed him the most during fall camp. I wonder if we're going to see him as a starter. Jaden Thompson also got a little bit of love, the, the, uh, the transfer from Cincinnati. You know Jamari Thrash is going to be a starter. The other spot, you assume Amari Huggins-Bruce, the incumbent, played a decent amount here. Maybe he gets a shot. Maybe Kevin Coleman beats him out. But you've got options here. I'm very curious to see how it all shakes out. But I if I had Jimmy to guess. Jimmy Callaway up there, too. Jimmy, Jimmy Callaway could be right there. I'm going to guess Thrash, Huggins-Bruce, and... And Chris Bell are the three starters in that, those first game days. I'll go Thrash, Coleman. Coleman and Bruce do play both play the slot more, I think. So probably I'll go Thrash, Coleman, Jimmy Calloway. You almost the all transfer group. Yeah. You love the transfers. Now let's talk about real quickly one of our favorite players in the team. We are the official Josh Lipson. Josh Lipson. We're the Josh Lipson show. This is the Josh Lipson show. It's the Josh Josh Lipson channel. You've taken pictures with Josh Lipson. We have somebody who bought a Josh Lipson jersey. We love him. Is he going to get the nod at tight end as the starter for week one? It's him. you got Jamari Johnson. you got Joey Gatewood now. you, you got, got a couple of guys. Jays. you got the, the 3J attack at tight end. Who's the number one, though? Lipson. I think it's Lipson. I'm I think, giving I think it to he, Lipson. I mean, I'm not just saying this because he's my guy. I think that Josh Lipson... Look, he played well last year. He's a graduate transfer. He's played a ton of football. He knows the position. I do think this is going to be one of those situations where, kind of like you talked about with Brock Doman, where Lifson is the guy because he's, he's old faithful. He's, he's reliable. He knows the spot. But as time goes on and Jamari Johnson 
or Joey Gatewood gets more comfortable with the position, they probably have higher ceilings, and maybe one of them takes over once we get to early October, late September, and they're more comfortable with the offense. And what's asked of you is both a blocking and catching tight end. But I do think for week one, Josh Lipson's probably the most reliable option. Uh, offensive line is, is kind of boring. I mean, Brian Hudson, Eric we, Miller, Ronald Brown, Michael Gonzalez. We, we love these guys. Boom. There you go. Defensive end, Ashton Gelati. I agree with um, McGavick saying Gelati and Victuan Brown, probably your, your starters there. Destel was a starter at nose tackle last year. No reason to think that he won't be back. Uh, Toffee Thomas backing him up. Ramon Perrier, the former walk-on from Eastern, probably going to be a starter. And then that DE linebacker hybrid position, the Leo spot. Stephen Heron? Yeah. I think Heron will just be lift, listed as, like, an edge, maybe. They okay. might just have him as that. I don't know. Middle linebacker Keith Brown seems like a, a lock. He was there. He was the man during the spring practice. TJ Quinn also was very, very productive at the linebacker position. The star position, Ben Perry got some significant snaps there last year. I think that he's probably your guy there. The secondary is where I think it gets really interesting because you, you lose MJ Griffin. That's one guy that you thought was going to be a starter. Cornerback, you've got two guys coming back in Brownlee and Quincy Riley. You brought in a couple of transfers as well. Trey Franklin's also there. Like Storm Duck was an all-conference player last year, a big-time transfer there's no guarantee that he's even going to start because Quincy Riley was damn good last year and Jarvis Brownlee was pretty good as well. Who do you think starts here? I mean, did, did Storm Duck do enough during the fall or the fall camp to beat somebody out for one of these starting spots? I'll say Quincy Riley and Storm Duck. Quincy my, Riley, Storm Duck over Brownlee. Over Brownlee. I'm agreeing with you. I think that that's what's going to wind up happening. I think that, that Riley is one of the most underrated corners in the entire ACC. I think Storm Duck, super talented gets out there. I think he, he's going to win a starting spot. No disrespect to Jarvis Brownlee. They're all going to play. There's playing time for everybody, but I think they start. Now, the, the lastly, the safety position. Josh Minkins, he's a captain, been around for a long time. He's back. You brought in Cameron Kelly, another all-conference uh, safety from North Carolina. Devin Neal's in from Baylor. Um, who am I forgetting? Who's the other one? Um, well, Griffin's hurt. Who, gets the, who are the two starters here? Uh, Josh Minkins, and I'll go, I don't know. Who do you think? I'm going Minkins and Devin Neal. I, I think he's yeah. the guy who's played the most. He, see, starter at Baylor, productive starter at Baylor. Yeah. I feel like he's the he's the safe option. Cameron Kelly, I mean, again, all-conference player at North Carolina. What we're not paying enough attention to is the fact that Carolina's defense was not great last year. They made some big plays, but they were kind of feast or famine. Uh, I know that that includes Storm Duck, but I think Duck, probably a little bit better than, than, than Cameron Kelly, at least at, of, at what he was asked to do last season. But we'll see. I mean, it's all going to happen in six days. We can start speculating. Game week is almost upon us. It feels good to be even talking about this. I'm very excited to see what happens. We have not talked about the special teams either. I know that there was a there have been some stories the last 24 hours or so about the fierce battle at the punting position. But you love a good punting battle. Kicker sounds like Brock Havelstead's got it pretty much locked down. I know he's been there have been some other guys that have pushed him a little bit, but he's the he's the returner. He was a guy who has been the kickoff specialist the last few years. Punter is a little bit more interesting. You've got some options there. Someone's gonna have to replace the Aussie Mark Vassett, who went for the thin air of Colorado, and then uh, James Turner, of course, leaving for Michigan. But special teams, uh, one of those areas where I feel like we might just be 
playing with fire here. We're just kind of glossing over it. Everybody's like, yeah, we lost our punter. We lost our kicker. It's going to be fine. Those guys were pretty good for us last year. They were pretty solid. And that's one of those areas where you can game plan everything effectively. The defense can play well. All it takes is two or three special team screw-ups to cost you a game. Maybe we're just not paying enough attention to this as we should be during the offseason because it's not sexy to talk about. Yeah, the uh, I do think the guys we have are serviceable. I don't, I don't think like that word. I don't like that word at all. I want them to be good. I I can't see them losing us any games. I'll okay. say that. Okay. Um, the other football story of note, and I, I want to send this very quick clip. I, I can't talk to Trevor, but I'm telling you, Trevor, I'm sending you something on Twitter that I want you to play. You had the UK football had a, a luncheon at Churchill Downs yesterday. I don't know if it's the Governor's Cup luncheon. I know they used to always do that at Churchill Downs, but that was with UK and U of L. And it was one of those weird things. It made a lot of sense when it was the first game to do it in, in early mid-August. They, they kept doing it when the game moved to November, and it was like, we're doing this whole thing previewing a game that's four months away. But Mark Stoops was at Churchill Downs yesterday. The rivalry came up. The Governor's Cup trophy was there, and he made a little, he made a little joke. Here's how it sounded via Kendrick Haskins of uh, Wave 3. All of these folks are probably most worried about that Governor's Cup, and they really enjoy watching the guys in blue and white lifted up here in particular, I think. I was surprised to see that thing in Jefferson County. <laughs> uh, all, of these, all of these folks are. Mm, if you couldn't catch that, talking about the Governor's Cup trophy, being at Churchill Downs, Stoops throws out the, and look, I'll give him credit, it's not a bad joke. He throws out the, surprised to see that thing in Jefferson County. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've had it here. Uh, but the, the UofL UK Summer of Smack Talk, it's been a thing of the past for a while. It feels like it's been brought back a little bit. I love the fan bases going at it this year. I love the, I mean, the, the smack talk is obvious on both sides. It's an easily predictable conversation. Kentucky fans, very simple. It's, it's a scoreboard point. Last four years, last, last five years, four games, we've dominated you. They can reel off the score by memory at this point, even though last year was 26-13. The other three were absolute just ass kickings. That's their talking point. Doesn't matter who you bring in here, the gap has been so wide, it's not going to get narrowed overnight. Our talking point is we had a guy here who didn't understand the rivalry. A guy here who was complaining about players throwing else down. A guy here who just never embraced what Louisville, Kentucky was all about. And now we've got a guy who is used to being a part of a U of L football program that's superior to Kentucky. And he's not going to let anybody overlook this game. It's going to be a different story. Remember when we went from Cragthorpe to Strong? It's going to be the same thing here. And I like that it's injected a little bit of life into this rivalry during the summer because that's what that's how I grew up it was always UK UofL smack talk in the summer it feels good to have this back even if it is Stoops taking a shot at us yeah the trophy comes to Jefferson County every other year like yeah, if you want to get specific I was like yeah you, 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 you there's could, no way it's that shocking you can get into the weeds a little bit I mean I had the same thought but it's a good shot by him it's a good look, give credit where credit's due also I liked his jacket he looked good I didn't see his jacket. He's he, he spending a little bit on, on jackets these days. He's feeling good. The rivalry, I, I think it's too presumptuous for us to sit here and say the rivalry's back, right? We can't say that until we actually play and we produce a relatively competitive game. Not that last year's game wasn't. I mean, I think we've all just 
we're doing the thing that we do with basketball where it's like the last five years were terrible. No, like last year was a little bit different. We keep doing this thing where it's like the last four games against Kentucky have been terrible. While last year was nothing to hang your hat on, losing by 13 is different than losing by 41 or 50 or whatever we've been losing in 2018, 2020, and 2021. And there was a point there where we scored right at the end of the half where you're thinking, all right, we get the ball to start the second half. It's a one-possession game. We feel like we got a shot here. The issue was Malik Cunningham was hurt and didn't play well, and Brock Doman couldn't get it done uh, when Cunningham was out. So it's not like we weren't competitive. We just weren't as competitive as we'd like. You have to have a chance. It never felt like we were going to win that game is my point last year. I would like to be in a position this year where either we win and the argument is self-explanatory or Louisville is in a position to win that game late and they just, for whatever reason, fall short. And we can do the thing that we did with Charlie Strong where when we win in year two, it's, all right, we were close the year before. Now we're hitting on all cylinders. We're never losing to those guys again. And to Strong's credit, after he said that, they never did lose to Kentucky again. So I like the smack talk. I like where Stoops is coming from. I'm glad that we're back and we can throw it back at him a little bit. A little bit. We're going to win, so. (laughs) 502-414-414. 1450 is the Thornton sex line. I'll take a couple texts from you. People are, Trevor can't take a victory lap. People enjoyed the Buddy Holly there. The, the Buddy Holly rejoined. Uh, they say kudos, TK. TK, you can just say thanks real quick if you want to. Thanks, more thanks to come. Thanks, more to come. <laughs> he sounded weird there. Why is it Buddy Holly? Is it the, is it the data music dot? I don't know. I don't know. Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly mood. Trevor oh, sounds weird. Buddy Holly I don't mood. know if he's just talking really quickly because he doesn't want people to hear him, but I think a little, little both. <laughs> now I just want him to keep doing it. Tucker says, if you don't know what a 3J is, don't bother. You can't afford it. I enjoy that text. Tucker says, I, I tried to call the text line just to get it to stop. We've, yeah, we've, we've had multiple calls on the text line since we've got here. And one of them is a guy that, you know, there are a handful of people that KRC, or I guess whoever controls the text line, recognizes. So they give them a name. It's not just their number popping up. And one of the people called the text line was just it was Kevin. Kevin was just calling at like 1.30. Kevin, Kevin just wanted to chat. Kevin, what are you doing? Another one, I mean, I waited to save Marty Polio's number because I, I want to know when Marty texts in. Marty My texts number's in not here. saved on there. It's not. Nobody it's, ever recognizes me. I like not. it. I probably need to compare it, but it's not. Uh, Texter says, I can't wait. Oh, Angry Guy's back with a different number. Can't wait to watch Louisville lose every game. Louisville's going to get, I'm not going to say that. Do you really? I mean, do you really think that angry guy? Do you really think Murray State's gonna get us, Juwan Northington, Manuel Grad? We're not losing every game. We're not. We're not losing every game. Texas TK robot voice definitely still going. It's cracking me up. Danger, Will Robinson. Will Robinson. Danger, Danger Will Robinson. Will Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Mike, all the pro UK talk is starting to irritate me a little. I feel like I have been defending UK a little too much. I gave them. I gave them credit, I think it was yesterday on the show, talking about how I don't mind the way that they schedule with the light non-conference. I'm fine with it, given their, their league and what they're trying to, to do as a program. And then, yeah, today, I, look, I like the shot that Stoops is taking. I, I, the fact that he's even saying anything. If he, didn't, if he was just ignoring us completely, then it'd be more embarrassing than him actually acknowledging us. It feels, it feels, good, to be, feels good to be acknowledged again. Texture says, tell the angry guy we're taking UK to Pound Town. There it is. I just one one way, stop. way, stop. Texture says, are angry guy and Boise guy the same person? No, they're different. Boise guy has a legit Idaho 
area code on his uh, on his phone number. So we know and he's Boise legit. guy is angry, but it's not angry guy. Boise guy's just angry because he's in Boise, and also you Bo- would be too. Yeah, I mean Boise guy's got nothing else to to really fall back on because the 07 Fiesta Bowl. That's it. I mean, well, they, you know, they, they had some good years since then, but. Recently, Boise State has kind of gone back. They faded back into the you – know, for a while, they were, they were the Gonzaga of college football. And now, with the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots growing all the larger, they faded back a little bit. Now they're just the, the standard good 8-4, and 9-3 and three type program from a group of five league. But their field's blue, so. Their field is blue. Have you seen the new North Oldham field, by the way? I have. That's pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, North Oldham has like a the, – the, their colors are what, like teal yeah, it's like and a, black? Yeah. It's like a teal and black, yeah. And so they they have a new field that's uh, I think almost finished that is is full on teal, and it looks kind of like you know, it looks like Caribbean ocean water, very see through, very cool. You could you know you surround it with a brown like track. You call it the beach. I think that's a good idea. But North Oldham's field is, is pretty nice to begin with. I am getting a little bit tired of the colored fields though. It's bec- I mean, I thought it was something that would have played itself out. 10, 15 years ago, because you had that one, you had Boise State, you had the Eastern Washington was the second one that really made it big. That was red. Redfield, red yeah. And then it became, because now you've got a college. Coastal Carolina. Is Coastal teal. Carolina's got theirs. You have one school that has an all-black field. It's like a D3. Yeah, and, and they, they're suck. like, we've heard your complaints, we've looked into it. The, the black turf does not emote heat at any sort of higher rate than a normal turf field. I'm like, is that true? It feel, that feels wrong. That your cleats start melting off I'm during sure a summer to two a day. <laughs> I'm sure you've talked to people way smarter than I am, but that feels that feels wrong to me. Texas says, uh, "Angry guy is talking about basketball." Oh, well, we're I, still I don't think we take. I don't we're think not you're losing every game. He didn't hear about the microphone for guarantee. We're beating Coppin State, and we're winning at least five games. Coppin State's done. Coppin State's so done. They're like fam, you. Yesterday, Danilo Jovanovic was saying so in my uh, 9:30 class yesterday. Well, you got class with Danilo. Danilo, he said he introduced himself as Danilo. Most people call me D-Lo. Okay. I call him Dino. I call him Dino. <laughs> this is the. Does he come off to you as somebody that you might refer to as I don't know, a high character warrior? He seemed pretty high character. He's gonna make you look bad in that class. And there was one kid that was. Uh, he was saying he was a manager for the basketball team when he was introducing himself. And the teacher said, how, how do you think we're going to be this year? And he was not very confident. And D'Lo was pretty offended. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. A kid, he said he was a manager for the basketball team. Yeah. And the he knows like, Danilo Jovanovic, a player, is, on the, is in the class. I don't know. D'Lo was kind of by the door, like the seat right next to the door. I don't know if this kid saw him walk <laughs> I, in. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like you do probably get more honesty from the managers than the players. And then he said something, and then he said something about football. And then the teacher was like, oh, how do you think we're going to be in football this year? And the kid was like, I think we go 10-2. and two. And okay. D'Lo was like, D'Lo couldn't wrap his head around how confident this kid was in football. <laughs> With his lack of confidence in <laughs> basketball. The team that he sees practice every day, he's like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think it's going to go well. Well, that's not, what I, that's not the on-campus report that I want to hear. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I was sitting at a table with some baseball players right after this happened. And, like, one of the kids, like, I guess heard the basketball discussion and then started talking about how bad basketball is going to be and how Trenton Flowers left and everything. And D'Lo's just sitting right there. And I, I stopped him. I was like, hey, man, uh, 
he's on the team. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're on the team? Oh, y- y'all going to be good. <laughs> the quick backpedal. <laughs> All right, uh, th- th- that's it for hour number one. We'll come back. We'll take more of your text. i got a couple other stories that I want to get to. We will talk some Louisville basketball. Uh, Brooks Holton of the CJ looking at some history that may indicate that Kenny Payne's going to have a better second season. Also some history that's going to indicate that he may have another bad second season. We'll talk about that and take more of your text on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here at the Kentucky State Fair on a Tuesday on 1450 and 961. The Big X. Welcome back in. Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, live from the Kentucky State Fair here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Uh, Patrick Ryan's here with me. Trevor Kelsey's in Jeffersonville, but we can't hear him because his voice is, is doubly echoing. Talk real quickly to let the people know what you're talking about, Trev. One of me is, One nice. Of me is nice, twice, twice is, is great, great. <laughs> what a terrible line. He sounds fine to us, so I can't really get the full effect, but if you're listening... You got that. Trevor, have you seen the people around here that have the little – they have the balls that they throw and they're attached to the wrist so, like, it comes back? It's like a, it looks like a, it's like a ball yo-yo. There's one guy in the front booth, and he's done it to me, like, three times already. The three times he, we've he been throws there. it at you. He throws it, it at me. Back. He's like, whoa. I'm like, today I was just like, I'm not having it. I was like, no. I was like, I was like you did this to me twice last week. Funny then. It's done. I'm done. I'm never done. Seen never him. seen Stop him. it. There's that one little kid go, coming around here with, like, that huge balloon. And I've seen him almost take like, like three things. Wow! Like it flew, it hit that T-shirt up top over there, and then it came over this this rack a few minutes ago. Like almost took out that TV. Sounds like the parachuting guy from yesterday. The sights and the sounds of the Kentucky State Fair, folks. You only get it here, uh, and we're we're bringing that to you from 1450. Hasn't been much plinko madness today. There hasn't. Somebody, a couple kids were just playing during the break there. Uh, I, I, they did not win. I don't think they were disappointed, but. If you want to come by our booth and play some Plinko, you can make that happen. I like that Trevor is texting me lines that he wants to use. I just saw them during the break. You know, Haynes King has been named Georgia Tech starting quarterback for uh, next Friday's game, season opener against Louisville. And Trevor texted during what we were talking about. It says, come September 1st in Atlanta, it won't be good to be a king. (laughs) I was wondering if I should play Trevor's role right there because it was right after he had to stop talking. I was going to wonder if I was going to ask if he was related to uh, anybody with the last name King. Eddie King? Eddie, is he related to him? King Joffrey? Yeah, that would be a classic Trevorism. All right. Uh, the text line that wanted to know, you know you're, you're now our man on the ground. You got boots on the ground on the UofL campus. You're giving us the good details. You're letting us know that Danilo Yovanovich is in class with you and that the basketball managers are openly saying in front of him that they don't think the team's going to be good. Have you seen Tyler Johnson? I Can haven't seen him. Can you give us a Tyler Johnson update? I haven't seen him. But I was like, I did chat with D'Lo a little bit. Okay. So at a certain point I was like, hey, you know anything about Tyler Johnson? And he was like, oh, he's here. He's good. Or like, good to go. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I, that's not what they're saying. 
This is what I heard about Tyler this morning. I heard same thing. I heard he is on campus. He's here. He's been at the practice facility, not working out, not doing practice, but doing the standard medical tests, getting blood work, making sure that he's medically cleared to play, and that nothing's really changed on the front. Are these dogs fighting? What's going on? on, on <laughs> nothing's really changed on the, the front as far as his eligibility is concerned. The NCAA is still looking. They have not cleared him. UofL's asked for an academic waiver, and if they don't get that waiver granted, they're going to give him an academic redshirt. So my understanding has not changed. I think that it's more lucky than not that he's not eligible to play this season, but he is on campus. He is doing certain team activities. He should, even if he's ineligible, be able to practice, and that will be good for Sky Clark to get some uh, another capable point guard out there to push him a little bit in practice. So that's been your Tyler Johnson update of the day. I'll talk to D'Lo more tomorrow. Let, let us know what D'Lo says. Do you have class with D'Lo tomorrow? I do. Monday and Wednesday. Monday and Wednesday. Classic I got a college uh, schedule there. Karan Davis Monday and Wednesday too. How's Karan Different doing? class. Uh, well, he he's got the a, high end of character on the team with the low end of character on the yeah, team there. Yeah, was the press uh, releases. I got there at like 8.57 or 7.57 because it's an 8 a.m. And Ooh. all the seats were like basically full. A lot of, a lot of people getting there early. Sure, it's first day. Yeah, but I didn't get there super early. But then uh, Karan Davis came in more than 20 minutes after mm. me. So mm, there, were, like that. there was one seat open when he got there, and it was on the other side of the room to me. So I didn't get to – I didn't talk to him. That's why I didn't get the character nod in the, uh, in, the, in the press release. All right, let's talk here since we're on the topic of basketball. Let's talk a little bit about what Brooks Holton of the Courier Journal wrote today. What is going on with these dogs? Manual grad Brooks dogs, Holton, by the way. going at it. He is a manual grad. We've uh, communicated a few times. He's a, he, he seems he's a great guy, great writer. But he wrote today about the past teams in college basketball's relatively recent history that have been as bad at the Power, power 5 level as Louisville was a year ago in Kenny Payne's first season. And, yeah, <laughs> it does sound like we're in a dog fight. Uh, I think the uh, – I can see it. It's a uh, – some sort of like maybe a black Labrador poodle mix and puppies and they're barking really bad at baby golden doodles. The puppies are over there. The doggies. I almost walked over there when we couldn't get on the air. I was yeah, the baby golden the doodles are really. But now they're going at it. It's, uh, it's only the it's only like the black lab poodles that are barking. The golden doodles are pretty mellow, getting barked at. My first dog ever was a, a black lab, Count Basie. Loved him. Then we got a bulldog. And then just Irish setters. I have a golden retriever. Goldens are great dogs. Goldens are great dogs. Uh, anyways, not, we're not at a dog fight. Just the state fair. Just the state fair doing the state fair thing. So Brooks Holton looked at four teams in recent history that maybe give L some sense of optimism. And I'll, I'll, bury, I'll, I'll spoil the lead a little bit here. The teams that he looked at, the programs that he looked at, don't really inspire that much more optimism in, in me. The first team that he looked at, he said... Let's talk about Rutgers. This is making the case for patience with Kenny Payne. Rutgers had a 17-game losing streak against Big Ten opponents. They fired Eddie Jordan. They brought in Steve Peichel from Stony Brook. And in year one, despite playing not a great schedule, they went 15-18 and 3-15 and and in the Big Ten. Again, not, not as bad as Louisville going 4-28. Also, it's Rutgers. 
But he did say, you know, Steve Peichel, that they were patient with him to let him install his system, instill his culture. And since then, they've been to the NCAA tournament twice, which for Rutgers is like winning a national championship. They've been in the, the top 25 poll in three of the past four seasons. And they just brought in the number two recruiting class in the 2024 cycle. Or they've got the number two recruiting class currently in the 2024 cycle. Does that do anything for you, Patrick? Do you know what their roster turnover has been like? A lot. A lot of roster turnover? Okay. So uh, it doesn't do much for me, I'm going to be honest. I think it goes back to a point that I feel like I've been making since the Chris Mack days. The goal is not to get Louisville back in a position where we're making the NCAA tournament in most years, right? We, like for Rutgers, that's fine. And that's not a shot at Rutgers. That's just who they've been historically. It's, you know, they're up against it a little bit playing in the Big Ten. Making three NCAA tournaments in four years for Rutgers is great. Being ranked in three of the last four years is great for Rutgers. It's, that's not great for us. It'd be great for Kenny Payne. It'd be great for Kenny Payne right now, but that's my problem. Is that If that's the ceiling with Kenny Payne, then what are we doing here? That's not who we aspire to be. It's not who we should aspire to be. I don't really like the comparison there. Comparison number two is a program that's on more of a level playing with us. Brooks looks at Indiana and Tom Crean, which, again, we, we've – that season came up a number of times during our own season last winter, and we had to kind of make the case that it's not really an apples-to-apples conversation. Indiana, everyone knew they were going to be terrible. They, they basically they were going to their rec center and saying, we need players on the team. If you look like you got a jump shot, you can play basketball for Indiana this season. Everyone knew it was going to go horrible. They had, no, they, they, they had one scholarship player when Tom Crean walked in there, and it was, it was bad. They went 6-25. and 25, They went 1-17 and 17 in the Big Ten. They did. I mean, everyone knew it was going to get better. Crean also was a proven commodity as a head coach. He took Marquette to a Final Four. Um, he had a lot of success there. I think he was one of the hottest names in coaching when he got the IU job. And although it didn't go quite as well as I think IU fans were hoping it was going to go, he did get them to back-to-back Sweet 16s. He did get them to a number one seed in 2013. And then he ultimately got fired four years after that and Archie Miller was even worse uh, four years after that so again it's a little bit I think of a better comparison than Rutgers is but it still doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy all over I'm gonna need a coach winning less than 10 games and then going on to at least make a final four somewhere before I before any of these make me feel quote, warm and fuzzy. Well, you're not getting with example three, which is the Purdue Boilermakers and Matt Painter, who was hired to replace Gene Cady after a 25-year stint, came in. His first season was way back in 04-05 when Louisville was going to a Final Four, and Painter went 9-19, and and 3-13 in the Big Ten. They did play the 28th toughest schedule in Division One. They graduated that program, too. He did. They did. Uh, There's your comparison. A year later, you know, the, the patience was rewarded. They go 22-12 and 12 and 9-7, and 7, make the NCAA tournament, and now Painter is on a run where he's taken Purdue to 14 of the last 16 NCAA tournaments. They were number one in the AP Top 25 uh, a couple of years ago for the first time in 25 years. They were a one seed in the NCAA tournament last year. Didn't go great. Didn't, did not go great for them. But still, they were a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Painter has been wildly consistent at Purdue after a disastrous start. Does that comparison do anything for you? That comparison makes me feel a little better. It's, a, it's the best one yet, I think. For sure. Uh, it was a different time in college basketball, though. That's the one thing that you can say. 
is it wasn't a transfer portal. It was you had to give a coach more than two years to expect a turnaround. The 0405 team also, like, bad. Don't get me wrong. Very bad. But still, like, 9-19 and 19 is not quite – it's not what we're talking about being 4-28. and 28. What was the record in the Big Ten? 3-15. and 15. So, Purdue, for comparison's sake, they were 123 on Ken Palm. We were last year, I believe, 281. So, not really comparable. But the record was, was almost as bad in conference play, and they wound up turning things around really, really quickly. It can't be nine, nine games. games. I wouldn't have beat scoots. scoots. Thank hmm. you, Trevor. Did they lose to any uh, Horizon League or ASUN teams? Let's see if they did. Or any exhibitions to D2 teams? They also they won seven games in this season. I don't know the O four five team was seven and twenty one. Oh, that, that was Gene Katie's last team. I'm looking at the wrong team. So, Painter's first team was a year later, O five O six. When we were not going to Final Fours, we actually weren't making NCAA tournaments, and that team on Ken Palm was one fifty five. So still better than us. Now they did lose to Evansville. Mm. They Kentucky, lost to Kentucky. they lost to Loyola of Chicago. In a true away game, God love them by fifteen. But that's pretty much it. They took care of everybody else. They beat Wofford. They beat South Alabama. They beat Chicago State. They beat New Orleans. They beat uh, Purdue Fort Wayne and Tennessee Morton. Their three wins in conference play were over three pretty good teams. Minnesota, who they beat by 17. Wisconsin, who they beat by 8. And Michigan, who they beat by 14. So a little bit better than we were. But they turned it around the next year. Now, the last comparison that Brooks Holton makes as far as reasons for optimism, reasons for patience, the Baylor Bears. This is, and Trevor and I have talked about this a number of times. It's like the Indiana comparison where I get why you want to make it and say, look, this guy wound up winning a national title. He wound up being one of the best coaches in the game. And look at that record at the beginning. Baylor's situation, when Scott Drew walked in there, I mean, if you want to argue with me on this, I guess you can. I, I don't really think there's any counter argument. Baylor's situation was 10 times worse than what Kenny Payne walked into at Louisville. You think our scandals are bad. You think our national reputation was bad. Baylor had a player kill another player, and the coaching staff was actively involved in covering up parts of that. It was as bad of a situation as you could possibly walk into. They weren't allowed to play non-conference games. They weren't allowed to play on TV. And also, Baylor doesn't have any of the inherent built-in advantages that Louisville does. None of the history, not the fan base, not the facilities, none of that stuff. Scott Drew walks in there, and yeah, it goes predictably poorly at the beginning of his tenure. They go... They had a dark cloud? They, they had more than a dark cloud. They had a, a hurricane like Los Angeles right now. They had a, a hurricane hanging over them. It was very, very bad. He posted the fewest win, wins among Power 5 teams in both 03, 04, and 05, 06. Uh, that was when they couldn't play the non-conference games. They won just four games in 05, 06. They had a ton of issues obviously they couldn't get anybody to come play there and since then all he's done is build a powerhouse in waco texas they, they've won did they just play the 18 conference games or did they get any more they played curiosity? his first year they were allowed to play non-conference games they went eight and 21 and three and 13 his second year when the the, the sanctions were imposed they were only allowed to play big 12 games they went four and 12 four and 12 um it says they went four and thirteen overall and four and twelve in conference. So I guess they were allowed to play it was one. His third, his third year, year non-conference. Non that was that was when the sanctions were in there. Yeah. 
Okay, well. He since has won 422 of his 655 games. He's taken for uh, Baylor to three number one seeds in their first national championship ever in 2021. He also comes into this season with a top 15 recruiting class and a likely top 25 team. He has certainly become one of the best coaches in all of college basketball after a very inauspicious start. But again, I don't think it's a fair comparison to say what Scott Drew inherited at Baylor is at all what Kenny Payne inherited at Louisville. We, did we have a cloud? Sure. But we, it was not nearly as bad. We, he's had no sanctions hanging over him. I mean, Kenny Payne now, he's, he's free to go. There's, there's no sanctions coming. Scott Drew knew from day one that sanctions were coming and that they were going to be significant. And then he had to deal with them being imposed while he was already two years into his job. So it's, it's certainly a different case. Yeah, the uh, I don't remember that at all. I have that. I'm actually. You were born, so it's, it's fine. You're, you're forgiven. I didn't for know that. what was going on with Baylor basketball before I was born. I've never heard about it. That's Dave actually Bliss, not a great guy. Not not a, not a hireable man unless you're that school in D3 that tried to hire him a few years ago. Now here's Brooks Holton makes the case the case for a program reset by looking at four schools who had similar situations, stayed with their coaches, and had it go not well. Number one, Iowa State. You had Steve Prohm, a lot of success at Murray State. He comes over there, and immediately after, this was the 2020-21 season, the, the, the quasi-COVID season, the, the year where we got Plinko happening again. Plinko madness. It's all happening. Iowa State goes 2-22, 0-18 in the Big 12. A .83 winning percentage against the country's 12th toughest schedule. First team in the Big 12 to go without a victory in conference play since all the way back in 2014 has it's a disaster they can tell it's a disaster they pull the plug early they go get tj otzelberger he's gone to -to back-to-back he's had back-to-back winning records back-to-back ncaa tournament appearances playing some of the toughest schedules in in college basketball and they're probably gonna be pretty good again this year so iowa state they make the quick move they say this guy's clearly not it and it's paying off for him auburn tony barbie goes there Shocking that a John Calipari disciple didn't work out as a as head coach. He has a terrible year three. They go nine and twenty-three. They go three and fifteen in the SEC. He brings Auburn to its lowest winning percentage since all the way back in 1972-73. He gets fired after a fourth consecutive sub five hundred campaign in twenty fourteen. Goes back to, to, does what all John Calipari assistants do, do, goes, fails as a head coach, and then comes back and coaches for Calipari again. They bring in Bruce Pearl. Say what you will about Bruce Pearl. If you've ever listened to the show, you know that I'm not the biggest fan in the world. But the man can coach. The man gets results. And Auburn has been one of the best programs in the SEC since they hired Pearl. They came in extremely close to being able to play for a national championship in 2019. You can argue they probably should have played for the national championship in 2019. And they are a team now that you can pencil in for 20 wins every single year. They've had 20 wins in five of the last six seasons. He's getting it done at a level that is vastly superior to where Tony Barbie was. That's Auburn. USC, example three. Kevin O'Neill, who somehow coached at like 55 different schools over four years, had a terrible roster in 2011-12. Very inexperienced. Brought the program to its lowest winning percentage in modern history. They go 6-26 and 26 in 2012. Bam. Kevin O'Neill axed after a 7-10 and 10 start in his fourth year. 
Andy Enfield comes over for dunk, from Dunk City, and while they haven't been, they haven't gone to a Final Four, they haven't been that good. They've been consistently a top twenty-five team since Enfield took over, pretty much. And he's also got a number three recruiting class coming in next year. Like he's he's killing it in recruiting, despite having the same type of cloud hanging over his program that Kenny Payne's had at Louisville. They were involved in that whole thing as well, and they still have, have found a way to keep trucking along. Now the fourth example. You could go either way with this one. Iowa. Todd Licklider gets axed after going 10-22 and 22 and 4-14 and 14 in the Big Ten. That was back in 09-10. They bring in Fan McCaffrey, who didn't do well in his first year, goes 11-20 and 4-14, and, and 14, but has since been to 14 consecutive, uh, has been to 14 NCAA tournaments, three consecutive, has eight 21 seasons dating back to 2013, they have not gotten it done in the NCAA tournament at all, but it's been pretty consistent. So there you go. There's four cases for sticking with Kenny Payne, four cases for cutting bait, getting out of there, turning the page. It's all summer talk until we actually get to games happening. But Do you think he considered putting the uh, Billy Cloud on there? I was surprised he didn't pop up because to me that's the situation that – that's the situation that I lean, look, look at. You have a program, and look, am I going to do it again? Kentucky, historically, on a higher plane than Louisville, but you still, if you're a Louisville fan, you look at Kentucky as somebody who's like you. you we have similar expectations. We want every single year to be in contention for a national title. and Well, we would have beat them every year, so we definitely have to put ourselves on the same plane as them. Right, exactly. I, I mean, For sure. They have Billy Gillespie. He's not, he's not 4-28 and 28 awful. I mean, he's named SEC Coach of the Year in year one. They go to the NCAA tournament. They re- rebound from a disastrous start. Year two, they're not good. But, again, they're not awful. They go to the NIT. And they still say enough's enough. This is not who we are. This is not who we can be. We recognize that it's not going to get better. They fire him. They bring in John Calipari. And every U.K. fan thinks it's the right thing to do. And it very clearly was the right thing to do. They didn't need to see year three. I know there was some debate back then, but they were you know, very much like, eh, if we're flirting with the NCAA tournament one year and not going to the NCAA tournament the second, we've seen all we need to see. I think the off-the-court stuff probably factored in as well. There were lots of rumors that wound up being proven true over time. So you, know, you don't have that aspect with Kenny Payne. And you're not worried about Kenny Payne hanging out in hotel hot tubs with, with co-eds. I think that that's thankfully not something that you have a to worry about here. It doesn't come into play. But from a record standpoint... It would look strange, I think, for us to say, let's say that Louisville does win 10 games this year, 11 games, 12 games. And we, we look back and we're like, yeah, he deserves a year three. We've won 16 combined games in two seasons, but I still haven't seen all that I need to see. When Kentucky was in a very similar situation a decade and a half ago, pulled the plug, clearly was the right thing to do. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I think it's got to be... It's got to be NCAA tournament, it, it, or very, very, very close with a couple of built-in excuses for why it didn't happen. If not, then I think we've kind of forgotten who we are. Yeah, That's we got to we got to see a Louisville logo on Selection Sunday, even if it's a first four out, next four out. We need to be discussed on Selection Sunday, which is the point that I think I think that's where Trevor's always been. We want to be, we want to be, have some jitters 
on selection Sunday, or we want to know that we're comfortably in the field. I think that's what that should be the bar for any coach going into year two. I don't care what you did in year one. It should not change the expectation for a second year. And that's where I am. All right, we'll take our, our first break of hour number two. We'll come back. We'll get back to the Thornton Stacks line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show live from the Kentucky State Fair here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We are live from the Kentucky State Fair. Mike Rutherford and Patrick Ryan here at the fair. Trevor Kelsey's back in Jeffersonville, Indiana. He's got a horrible echo going on, and by popular demand, Trevor, just you, you don't need to do the echo thing, but people want you to do the Lou Gehrig thing where you say, today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Can you just say that real quick? Yet today, Yet today, I consider, I consider myself, myself the luckiest, the luckiest man, man on the face, on the face of, the earth. of the earth. See, it's I didn't hear an echo. echo. It, 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 it sounds normal to me. So, well, you didn't hear an echo now either. No, I heard. No, it I now. heard it now. Oh, okay. Well, as I say, let us know. Uh, For five the past two weeks, weeks, you've been, you've been reading, about reading about my bad, bad break. <laughs> Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thor and Sucks line. We'll take some text from you guys. Um, we were talking a little bit during the last segment. Brooks Holton has an article out discussing the cases for patients and the cases for cutting bait with Kenny Payne going into year number two, looking at some historical context. People are very excited, by the way, Trevor. I know you can't talk about it, but uh, people think that you nailed it. You, you, you nailed the, the Lou Gehrig there. But you, the thing is, you just talked. So it's, it's really the, the technology is doing most of the work. Anyways, uh, Texter says, after Patrick's report, I feel worse about our season already. Hey. If you don't like the inside info. Danilo's confident. Don't blame the report. Danilo, I'd feel worse about the season if Danilo himself was like, I'm not feeling good about the season. If it's a <laughs> if manager, the, if, then that's fine. But Danilo's confident. If a kid was like, we'll be all right. And Danilo was like, dude, we're going to be worse than all right. <laughs> What if he just fought him in the middle of class, first day? Or if he just, like, stood up. I was like, how about you shut up? Trevor, can you say cowboy real quick? Cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) Texter says, is the show broadcasting from a chicken coop? No, we've just had... We've had dogs going crazy in the background. No, why would the show be broadcasting from a chicken coop? The best thing at the fair is the... The ducks sliding, the little, the little ducklings. Where they, you know, they have the food, the feed, and then you, they go to the slide, and they get back up, and they go around again. That's I can watch that for hours. The kids love it. They never, they never figure out that they, they're just gonna slide down and have to. They're go like back Trevor. Up. They just, they just keep doing that it over and over. That is what Trevor again. would do. If you put Arby's in the giant, if you had constructed one of those giant things for Trevor, and you had Arby's hanging right there, he would just keep sliding down and keep walking back over too. Have you ever yeah. seen? Have you seen one of the ducklings like? somehow climb up top on top of it and just be eating like standing on like the basket and just eating it all no that'd be the king duck after that point like you're, you're destined for greatness that's like that 
I saw that happen one time. It's the like Dutch that fairy tale dead now, though. Sword in the Stone. Yeah, you, he's, he's the chosen one. It's a Neo moment. Texture says, Trev, I need you to say, ask not what you can do for your country, but what your country can do for you. That's not, that's not what you can what do, you for, can your do for your country, but what you can, what do, you can for do for Trevor. Trevor. I mean, I mean <laughs> you, you. Can you say Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall? Mr. Mr. Gorbachev, tear, tear down, down that, that wall. wall. I'll free Oliver, free Oliver North. <laughs> I don't think it had much. Where's that gold at, But I liked it. Texture says, uh... Trevor needs to say pinch hitting for Pedro Barbone, Manny Moda. And now, and now, pinch hitting, pinch hitting for Pedro, for Pedro who, who, Barbone, 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 Manny, Manny Ramirez. Ramirez. Okay, Ramirez. Ramirez. <laughs> Texas says the the fact that Tom Crean got six wins in his first season with Indiana versus our four wins with a more talented roster is extremely concerning. It, it, yes, it's it why is. I don't like yes, the comparison. I, I don't like. One, we've made fun of Tom Crean. I say we as if it's not just me. Explicitly for the last, like, ten years. I've, I love making fun of Tom Crean. I don't think he's the worst coach in the world. I certainly don't think he's the best coach in the world. And the fact that he took a team that had quite literally walk-on players that were just picked out of campus, that were getting actual meaningful minutes on that team, and got more wins than we did with a you know, we have three five-star players and a handful of four-star players last year is, is concerning. And again, all this stuff is concerning. It becomes much less so. It's easier to forgive. It's easier to move past if we start winning games this fall, and that's what we're all waiting for. And we've got, uh, I mean, hell, I mean, we talk about football being so close. We're still just like two and a half months away, basically, from the start of basketball season. Once, once we get to next Friday, it's all going to happen so quickly. I mean, you, you know, once you finally get over that hump, you, you get over that long, seemingly endless countdown during the summer, and you get football, everything happens so quickly, and it's beautiful. Are we going to be a bigger favorite over UMBC than we are over Georgia Tech? Eight and a half? Not a bad question. I think, I think yes. I think we'll be a bigger, I mean. I, I might take UMBC plus eight and a half right now. I'm trying to think. It's because last year it took so long for Vegas and all the analytical models to to really, I think, realize how bad Louisville was. Remember our spreads? It was the easiest money in the world. Louisville would still be, you know, we'd lose to Appalachian State and we'd turn right around and we'd be like a narrow underdog against Arkansas or Cincinnati and we'd be, you know, we're still, you know, I think a slight underdog against lost, Lipscomb. We scored like 38 points that game. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, Texas Tech. I think we were like a, an eight-point dog or something. It's like, eh, I think I'm going to go with the Red Raiders here. I don't know. I'm assuming Ken Palm, because Ken, Ken Palm and the other analytical models, they do take historical context into consideration with their preseason rankings. You know, they say if you're a program that's been so good year after year after year, it's more likely than not that you're going to be good again this year regardless of your roster so i think that we'll be even though we were 281 or whatever in, in last year's final ken palm rankings we'll probably start this season in like the between like 120 and 150 which will probably make us a i don't know i think probably right around there probably like eight nine point favor over umbc and then they'll they'll wait and see how we react there because umbc was was not not fantastic last year you uh, think we end in ken palm better or worse than where we start this year yeah worse i hope i'm wrong it's the summer of i'm hoping I hope I'm, I'm wrong, wrong again hope i'm wrong hope i'm wrong 
Texture says, every time Trevor talks, it echoes. We're aware. Which means really? double the Trevor. I can't think of anything worse on a Tuesday. Hey. How about three Trevors? How about three Trevors? <laughs> Just start, start doubling yourself. Just how about, how about three Trevors? Trevors, Trevors. Well, that would make four, right? That would be, yeah. Just triple them up. Quadruple them. Texture says, Kenny Payne actually had the opposite happen of Scott Drew. He found out at the beginning of his first season that we were clear of NCAA troubles, and it's basically gone just as poorly since. I do. The one thing that I will defend. How about this sentence? The one thing that I will defend Kenny Payne defenders about is making an excuse for him for the transfer portal last year. I do think there were a couple of players that we went after that were being pursued by other high major programs that we would have had a better shot at had we been able to say definitively we're going to be eligible for the NCAA tournament next year. We couldn't do that. Now, the pushback to that, and I think it's a, it's a solid counterpoint, is you had a number of schools that were in the exact same boat as we were, i.e. Arizona, Kansas, LSU, Memphis had not had their, uh, their date with the NCAA yet, and they all were able to go out there and get pretty good transfer portal players, Kansas especially. Kansas was, I mean, Kansas was number one seed last year. I think you ask Kenny Payne, say, you know, he, he's talking about people were saying we're going to the death penalty. It's like, well, th- it's on you to push back on that because there was the only death penalty rhetoric that was out there was Pat Forty writing a story a year and a half before Kenny Payne even got the job that said if anybody deserves to get the death penalty, it's Louisville. Now, he wrote very explicitly in the story, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think the NCAA is ever going to hit anybody with a death penalty again, but if it ever was going to happen, this would be the time for it. So I don't this, – this whole narrative that we were facing the death penalty and people thought we were going to get the death penalty, I just – I don't buy that at all. And if people out there did, if they were – if you were being negatively recruited against, it's on you to go to them and say that's absolute BS. I can't tell you definitively we're going to be able to play for the NCAA tournament this year, that we're not going to lose scholarships, but the death penalty talk is an absolute joke. Like that's – it's not an excuse. It's on you to, to counteract that. So I, I do think there was some negative recruiting going on. But besides that, the texture's right. He's had sunny skies since then. No more dark cloud. You, you had sunny skies to recruit your current class. You had sunny skies to recruit your transfer portal. You've got sunny, sunny skies right now with the 24 class and the 25 class. It's, if it doesn't happen from this point forward, it's on you. There's no more excuse making. Texture says Matt Doherty at UNC should be in there as well. Yeah. Is that the good one or the bad one? How long I, ago was Matt Doherty at UNC? That would be cutting ties. That was because you, you had, what, Guthridge came in after He was there, three, there three years. He was there was it three years. He went to a Final Four. No, no, no Guthridge went to the Final Four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Guthridge, yeah. Guthridge went to the Final Four after, when he came in after Dean. And then Doherty was there for, I think, just the two years? No, Doherty, no, was, Doherty three. was three. Doherty was three. Okay. And he would be a... This is why you cut ties, guy, because he was bad. And then they got Roy Williams. Doherty was uh, what was his overall record? He went to so the tournament, tournament his first, his first year, year, brought in that brought great, in that great recruiting class, class under Chief, and, and, and they fired him. Eight and twenty, and then nineteen and sixteen in the two years after they made the uh, the second round of the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, if you want to look at the comparison, he did go eight and twenty in year two, and they gave him a third year, which at Carolina is is certainly something. And then he went to Florida Atlantic and was, was, was not good in SMU and was even worse. So he, they made the right call. Not a good coach. Texture says, um, 
what's Patrick heard about Brady Allen? He was not good at the open practice I was at. He's been underwhelming. That seems to be the word. But solid pedigree. Still young. He could definitely figure it out. For sure. Put it all together. But as of right now, no Harrison Bailey is what you're saying. Harrison Bailey does have those extra two years in college on him. Three was years. What, well, three to one? Yeah. Brady's been, yeah, extra two you. on I, him. I see it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So he's got that extra two years of experience. But he could definitely put it all together. He just hasn't yet. He's got time. Texas says, in what world is that article supposed to make me feel better about UofL basketball? Yay, we may win double digits next year, but we're still going to suck for the foreseeable future. We're uh, going to no, win at least five. Everybody knows We're going to win at least five. That's a guarantee. It's out there. It's done. It's, it, it's in cement. Well, the article wasn't necessarily out there to make you feel better. It was making two it cases. Think. Yeah, it was making you think Food a little bit. Food for thought. Yeah, it, it said it in one hand, here's four examples of why you should be patient. Give this guy some time. On the other, here's four examples of why cutting ties may be the right thing to do. Texture says, have TK yell touchdown cards. Touchdown, touchdown cards. <laughs> I almost want to like pull up the stream on my phone and just hear it. <laughs> I, I do too. I'm going to have to listen to the podcast. I don't know if it's going to come over on the podcast. I've got no if idea. If Trevor hears it, it, it probably goes over the podcast. Okay. Texas, seriously, Mike, again with the UK stuff. I just want unfettered loathing today. It's too hot to be chill. I know. We, I, I keep stumbling into these defending UK takes, but they're small defense. Who Mark's, Mark wins Stoops a hun- loser? Who wins a hundred meter dash between Trevor and Mark Stoops? I, I mean, Stoops, obviously. Sorry, you made, me, you made me do this again. You put me right back in the same spot. Trevor, do you think you can beat Mark Stoops in a hundred yard dash? Boxing match. What about a boxing match? He'd be, he'd, Trevor could beat Stoops up. Okay. Oh, street yeah. Fight, I, fight, I, dirty. I fight dirty. Yeah, st- street fight, Trevor's winning. There's what no about a boxing about match? Shanctioned. Trevor would, 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 would kick Mark Stoops' ass. I feel, a race, no, it's not happening. I don't, I don't feel good about that at all. No, not, doing, no, not a doing a race. He's not. Uh, who do you think Trevor could beat in a race? Uh, do they have to, they be, have to be living? Badlands Chugs. I'm legitimately thinking about my one-year-old son. <laughs> if we could point him in the right direction, keep his focus. And I get think Mary, put Mary a hundred yards away. He would run t- towards mommy. That's yeah. He, okay. He's obsessed with Mary. I don't know. Trevor's got a ten-yard dash. Trevor wins. Trevor's going to beat him. John's not that. He's uh, actually he doesn't I don't have know. the acceleration. How far is he? Yards? Ten yards. He could get. <laughs> look up EDP four four five. He can get him. Big Eagles fan, too. I don't know who that is. Google it. He's a social media person? Yeah. A YouTube guy? He's been in some uh, legal trouble lately, but uh, uh, Trevor might get him in a race. Can I do this race in a wheelchair? wheelchair. (laughs) No. Down a hill. No. In a wheelchair down a hill, Trevor. I see that his YouTube has been terminated. Yeah. He doesn't look that big. Okay. Maybe it's the Eagles fan thing that is placing me. Okay. There are other pictures that make it look worse. Yeah. It's... I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I, I kind of want to set up the race between Trevor and my son. But you can't let Trevor to your house. We know that. Well, we have to have an outside. We don't have a hundred yard house. How, how far is this race? Is race? Hundred yards. We're like, hundred like meters. Two football fields. We go up to Wagner. Ooh. 
Which, by the way, I was driving home last night, and Wagner's football field. Marty, you need to get on this. Or uh, somebody get on this. Dr. Polia. Dumpstorf, get on this. There was like 75 geese on the football field. Can't be good for the grass. Can't be. I don't know. Yeah. There was a goose poop problem at Manuel Stadium for sure. Texter says if Mary's at the end, Trevor might actually win. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. If we put Trevor at the end for John. I mean, if we put Mary at the end for John, it might incentivize Maybe. Trevor too. Maybe. We, uh, we, we finally we changed the approach with school for the kids this week. I, mommy has to stay home. It's just me dropping him off. John's done better. He still is not happy. He's, it's, it's funny how kids are so different. Like he, Virginia was fine until we got to the classroom. And then she would get upset. She would kind of cry. And then John, when he would pull in the parking lot, like he gets upset. But now he just kind of is, we get to the classroom. He's like, whatever, I'll go in. Uh, I've kind of accepted it. But he's doing better. He's had two, two better days today. Does it make you feel any better that grandma's there? Nana there helps. But then also, like, Nana doesn't want to show her face in class because then when she leaves, she's going to, like, flip out. So it's just, it's, 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 it's a slippery slope. Mary's texted in. She says, if I'm in the end zone, John's 100% winning. The, <laughs> the, question, the question is, can is, Trevor, can Trevor finish, finish the race, the race John, where John can? can. That's, that's definitely a big part of, of the equation. I don't know if you can get 100 yards in. That's my concern. Texas says Trevor versus Sister Jean in a 50-yard dash. Who, who wins? Sister Jean. Sister Jean. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Sister Jean could do I, I think the, I think you would beat Sister Jean in a 50-yard. She's 104. Happy birthday to her from a couple days ago. Clearly, she's, clearly in, better she's in better shape. Texas says Kenny Payne is crushing my soul. Not, let, let's wait until we start playing games. If we start losing... You know, we've, had a, we've had a lot of shows in the over two years that we've been on the air that have been just we try to call them therapeutic but the reality is it's just people lashing out for three straight hours it's it's me being mad it's trevor being mad it's the text line just being furious if we lose our first exhibition game in men's basketball this year i think it will this is my prediction on august 22nd it will be the angriest ugliest show that we've ever had they need to come out and they need to i know it sounds silly because we hadn't lost an exhibition game in 22 years before last season whoever they play whether it's lenore ryan or whoever they need to win and they need to win relatively comfortably to make anybody have some confidence in this season if we lose do you think it's our most listened to show ever it might be the only thing that would be was when we had the like Jeff Brom scoop back in the day. That those, I checked the stream numbers and the uh, far and away. I was just looking at like a few random dates, and far and away is like December fifth, like the day Satterfield left was oh, one really? of the most listened to shows. That was more than the like the Brom rumors days back in December of twenty one. I think so. Okay. Well, people love turmoil. That was crazy. That was a crazy day. KRC got to react to it live on the air. That was wild. I was in class. Texas says, Sister Jean wins because she has the Lord on her side and salads. It's an unbeatable combination. Texas, TK versus a Sister Jean 50-yard walk. Not who wins, who dies first. Come on. (laughs) Well, if we put them both in their wheelchairs and just, like, put them down a hill, Trevor wins solely because of physics. Trevor would win. I don't don't think anybody would win in that, that scenario. I think it'd be bad for everybody. Texas, who's pole vaulting higher, Stoops or TK? Stoops. Neither. 
Stoops Either. might, might get, get, because he's more uh, aerodynamic, aerodynamic on, top on top of the head. Could Stoops get off the ground? Trevor could. We've established that. Not good. We have, we've not established that. We have not, we have established, not established that. that. Texture says, also at the risk of being controversial, why don't things like pasta salad, potato salad, jello salad count as salad for TK's salad? I think he needs the Rafferty chicken finger salad with the bacon vinaigrette. Those aren't real salads. It's not, and, and that's yeah. That, that that's my contention as well. It's when you made this deal with the devil or the Lord or whoever you made it with. It very clearly was an actual leafy green salad that was in your mind. That's what you hate the most. That that's this was the big plunge for you. If Jeff Brom comes here, I'll eat a salad. You're not thinking like I'll eat a fruit cup. You're thinking I'll eat greens. Dressing, some no, other no sort dressing, of topping. Dressing. Well, could we meet in the middle with middle with a lettuce wrap? No, 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 no. That's not that's not a salad. It's not even close okay. to a salad. It's meat in the middle. Why are you trying to do, do, do wreck our football season? I was we, just wondering. We got. I mean, we've already tempted the gods enough, and look what's happened. We we lost MJ Griffin. We've had a bad off that season. That is Trevor's fault. That is. Sure. It's hundred percent Trevor's fault. So we need to. Yeah, we. Other people that are just tuning on the show, they're like, "Hey, get, do you guys know that Trevor's got a, a bad echo?" Uh-huh. <laughs> We're aware. Texas, does anyone have a Chat GP, GPT account? Ask the upcoming record for football and basketball. If anybody has account. that, send us the screenshot of what they have to say. I have the account, but my phone's about to die. So, do you use Chat GPT? Is that something that they use now with curriculum? Are kids using this not these like, days? You're not supposed to use it. But are you? I used it quite a bit in my, uh, well, I did use it quite a bit in my uh, English class last year, my senior year of high school. I am hesitant to say I used it quite a bit because it was a uh, dual credit, U of L accredited class. Oh. So I don't know, know if I want to say I used it. I'm seeing more but I have and an more, and this has become a thing that's become a little bit of a national story because we had high school football kicking off in a lot of states on Friday. A lot of publications including the courier journal with gannett are using ai for the write-ups of games like out in the county games that you know they, they don't have to be covering and the write-ups for lack of a better word suck like they're not good it makes no sense it's horribly written it's terrible and it's just i mean you don't it's slightly better than just having a box score i guess because yeah. it, it always is saying like four Highlands, they led the game of football by 44 in the third quarter, and then it's 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 it all definitely terrible. what the trick that I kind of would employ is it likes to repeat itself a lot if you ask it to write too much, so you just got to kind of ask it one thing at a time and just kind of piecemeal it together as an essay, paragraph by paragraph, or just kind of I don't know. It's it it's not great but it's easier than writing it yourself sometimes. Okay, David. Did you get that reference at all? No. 2001 Space Odyssey? Talking to Hal? Oh, I really want to see 2001 A Space Odyssey. Haven't gotten around to it. Buckle in. It's going to be a long, boring two and a half hours for you. The good parts are good, but there's a lot of not happening. I see 2001 as like a movie that Trevor would just hate. Just could not. Boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know he does the thing where he's... uh, He's running around like the spaceship as it's like spinning. Yeah, that happens. Because I've seen Famous the uh, 
like the video, like the practical effects. Famous stuff. shot, yeah. It was ahead of its time for sure. But yeah, there's a lot of slow yeah. parts. Texas, if Trevor liked and ate beans, he'd likely win due to a performance-enhancing food advantage. <laughs> I like beans. I like beans. Texas, I'm a software engineer. We were told not to use AI for our code. Yeah. I can imagine that. You're not supposed to. They have, like, AI detectors now. Like, the same way they've kind of started, like, I don't know how long ago they started using plagiarism detectors. Yeah, well, I think we had that back in my day. Yeah, but they, like, I don't know if, like, the colleges are employing them yet, but there's AI detectors out there. You're going to have to be. It's going to be a thing. I, I, I'm, but like, I think I'm behind the AI game. I don't really know how to use it. If you them. make, like, if you have AI write something and then you, like, put a grammar mistake in it, the AI detector, like, completely spazzes out because, like, they know, it knows AI wouldn't make a grammar mistake. So if you just, like, change it a little bit. There's a Stoops versus TK in a Kenny Rogers karaoke competition. Who loses worse? Hmm. Trevor be worse. Trevor's got no rhythm. Lie. Lie. <laughs> I love that he can't yeah, no, talk. No, no, win, no, win, no. Hold him. Stop. No, win. No, the win. Sound good. Oh, no. Now, with, sound now good. with the echo. <laughs> Texas says, of course, that would be the most listened to show. The city was celebrating like we won another BCS New Year's Six Bowl that day. That was, those were good times. It was, a, it was a good day for sure. But it was also in large part because people – assumed that Jeff was going to be the lead candidate and I think they were you know, they wanted to hear Trevor and I celebrate you, you, if you were listening to any little show that day I'm sure you wanted to hear the host celebrate but you also wanted to know how likely it was that Jeff was going to be the guy and that it was going to get done relatively quickly so I think it was it was also Brady Brown's birthday I'm sure it was it was Texas Trevor no no Trevor don't do the Bobby's World voice hello hello oh. I'm a It makes my skin It makes my skin crawl. Texas says the touchdown cards TK was so good. Texas tell TK to yell goal for like 15. We don't need to do that. Texas, I was near campus last night around 12 a.m. and I had like half the basketball team drove out in front of me going like 30 miles an hour on those scooters. Are the scooters big things on campus? The entire baseball team walked into the like, there's, like, seven or eight baseball players in my 930 class, and they all, like, walked in with their scooters. But they have, like, it's not like the limes. Well, it's, like, the same thing as the limes, but it's not, like, they have their own. Hmm. Like, they're not renting them. They have their own. Personalized motorized scooters. There was a big, were you part of the scooter generation? Like, I feel like it was, like, 10, 15 years ago. Like all kids were on scooters. Like, like trick scooters, like, like trick scooters, and also like the motorized scooters were becoming a thing. I feel like, I feel like now maybe it's rearing its head now that that era is getting to college. Yeah, the trick scooter thing. Like, there's some kids in my neighborhood that kind of did it. And they were like doing tail whips and stuff, but I never really did it. Did you ever rollerblade? I know. I rollerbladed as a kid. We used to have. There used to be skate parties. It was like fundraiser things. Skate parties. Yeah, that's the only place I've ever really skated. I never had my own pair. I had roller because I played roller hockey. And it's been, this is like when I was like 9, 10. So it's been, I mean, almost 30 years now. And to this day, I, thought, I had this thought yesterday. When I'm walking the dog or whatever and I see a newly like paved driveway or like fresh paved street, I'm like, 
Some sweet pavement right there. I'd love to blade across that thing. It feels, it feels so good if you're just blading across fresh pavement. Anyway, uh, that's the end of uh, hour number two. Perfect, perfect timing there. Hour number f uh, three is on the way next, the 5 o'clock hour. We've got a couple other stories to get to. We'll rehash some of our football takes. We'll hear from you on the Thornton's text line. It's Mike Rutherford, Patrick Ryan, Trevor Kelsey, live here at the Kentucky State Fair on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. The Big X. Oh, well, I love you, Kelly. I love you, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue. Oh, how my heart yearns for you. Every day it's a getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. In five o'clock hour here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, live from the Kentucky State Fair. Stop by Pillar C15 if you're in the South Wing. Say hello. Mike Rutherford's here with Patrick Ryan, uh, Trevor Kelsey, back in Jeffersonville. We're talking to him sparingly because he's echoing. It's the least Trevor that you've heard on a show since at least 2021. That's uh, we're making him say all sorts of funny things, though. We'll continue to do that during the five o'clock hour. If you want to have your thoughts heard on the radio, text us at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Hit us up there. We'll get to your thoughts uh, at some point over the course of the next 60 minutes or so. We've got uh, a few things to get to here. But, uh, Patrick, we've got week zero odds. Scale of one to ten, how excited are you for week zero of college football? I'm excited for Notre Dame Navy. I think that'll be cool. That's pretty much it, right? Like that's Does USC play? Is there another ranked team? USC plays, but they play on the Pac-12 network, which we know does Doesn't not exist. exist. So, uh, like, the, the, the focus game, the highlight game, the primetime game on ESPN for Week 0 is UMass at New Mexico State, uh, while USC, who's number six in the country, is actually playing. Uh, again, it's a limited slate, but I think the, the big game is Navy versus Notre Dame in Dublin. Notre Dame opens as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. It's clearly a heavy favorite. The closest line of Week 0 is actually going to be UTEP at Jacksonville State. Oh, I'm where ready for that one. UTEP is just a one-point favorite. Then UMass at New Mexico State, as mentioned. The Aggies, eight-point favorites. Uh, what is ranked is by – everyone says this is actually the best game of the, the week, which I don't understand, is Ohio at San Diego State. San Diego State is a three-point favorite. Hawaii's playing at Vandy, where Vandy is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Previously mentioned San Jose at USC. Trojans are a 30-point favorite. And then FIU at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech, a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Are any of these games doing anything for you outside of the fact that they're just college football? No. None of I'm not. I, I'll if, watch. If these games were on in week five, I don't know if I'd watch any of them. It is kind of crazy how like, you talked to me in early July. I'm like, if you took the two worst teams in the FBS, the teams that finished, well, how many teams are they, like 124? The teams that finished 123 and 124, and you put them on national TV right now, I'm watching the hell out of it. I'm watching it. But then we get to week two of, of the real college football season, not week zero. When we get to, like, week two. Hey, Mike. You got all these hey, Mike. 
with top 25 teams playing and all this stuff, you, you get like a decent game. I'm like, I'm not watching Boston College, Wake Forest. I got better things to do. I'm going to watch something else. We get, we get spoiled very quickly when football comes back. But I'm excited to be spoiled again. I'm ready for the uh, week four. That, whenever we play Boston College, Clemson, it's Florida loaded. State, and uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Iowa, Penn State, that's that's the big weekend. Loaded weekend. I'm excited about it. I, I'm excited, too, with the news that came out today. I don't know if you saw this. So South Carolina has become famous for a number of things over the years. One of the things that they've become synonymous with is playing. They play Sandstorm in excessive amount. I did see this. Yeah, they, they, they play it at football games. They play it at basketball games. Sandstorm, which was like the biggest techno rave song when I was in high school. It's been around for a long time. We play, we play it at like proms and dances back in the day. So Darude, I think is, is how you pronounce the, the DJ who initially made that song. He's going to be the special guest at the South Carolina home game in November when they host Kentucky. The place is going to go. Now, the weird thing is there's a solid chance South Carolina could be like 4-6 and six for that game or 3-7 and because it's late in the season. But it's kind of a bad break. And I, think, I feel like UK hates the Sandstorm thing more than any other fan base. I know their media does. Their media used to just complain relentlessly about Sandstorm. So to have the actual guy who does the song in the house as the special guest for that game, I'm excited to watch from afar. I think it's going to be a fun thing. I just hope that South Carolina's not like 3-7 and seven and, and, and the mood isn't dead. We've got a, a couple quick things to get to. We mentioned at the beginning of the show, we were talking about Georgia Tech naming its quarterback for the upcoming season. If you missed that, former Texas A&M transfer Haynes King has been named Georgia Tech's starting quarterback for next Friday's season opener against Louisville. Uh, King played three seasons at Texas A&M, redshirted as a true freshman, got on the field a couple of times that year. He had a chance to be a starter last year for the Aggies, put up okay numbers, not terrible numbers, but certainly not good numbers. Played in six games, threw for 12, 20 yards, seven touchdowns, six interceptions, rushed for 150 yards, and another score on 41 carries. Ended up having some, some injuries. That's not why he lost the job eventually at the end of the year after a disappointing season for AM, relatively speaking. He was replaced by former five star quarterback Connor Wiegman. King is a former four star recruit out of Texas. Uh, played at Longview High School back in the day. Went to AM, had a lot of hype, um, and came to Georgia Tech as the favorite to win the job. And he's won it. He's a guy who can beat you a little bit with his legs. He's not this triple option threat that some Georgia Tech quarterbacks of recent years have been, but he certainly is not an immobile stand back there and sling it type guy. Uh, good enough arm. I don't think he's a guy that, look, I'll say this. If we get lit up through the air by Haynes King and Georgia Tech in week one, we've probably got significant issues for the rest of the season. The secondary is probably going to be uh, something that needs excessive work and that the front seven is probably just not good enough. So um, I, Louisville plays a lot of really good quarterbacks this year on their schedule. Haynes King, decent pedigree, should not be one of the best six quarterbacks that UofL is going to face this season. Hopefully Louisville can get in the backfield, frustrate him, force him into some turnovers. That would help the UofL offense a great deal. Uh, but this is not, not thoroughly unexpected news. But still, we have an official. We have a quarterback. We have someone to prepare for. Let's get it. Ten days. Feels Ten good. days. Ten days. Um, I, I wanted to talk about this story. I, I really wanted to talk about this story with Trevor, but it is some. It is a story that is more your age. It might work. Can okay. we try something, Trevor? Can you talk? Already trying it. Mute you while I talk. We'll get some inside baseball here. 
talk with the comrades down. It's doing it now. Okay. Say something else. Something else. Something else. Something else. Alright, let us know if there's an echo. Text line. I'm being told I'm good to go. Yay! I said, what did I say? I said 542. Does that mean he's going to have to turn the comrades down every time he wants to Yes. Okay, that's fine. I mean, okay. It's Trevor. Then I might get out of here. Yeah, if you want to get out of here, feel free. Pesh got, got frat stuff to do. It's pledge week. He's rushing. Uh, next week's rush week. Next week. This is pre-rush. So I said, I said at the beginning of the show we would have the audio problem fixed at 542. We got it fixed at 511. Ahead of schedule, that's what we do. How are you, buddy? It's good to hear from you. Uh, sort of fixed. Doing okay. Doing not too, doing bad. Waiting on my DoorDash is showing up. Okay, have you heard, and this is a, it's not a, it, it's, it's a wild story. It, it's kind of a crazy story. Have you heard the story about this girl, Mackenzie Ishrilla? I have not. Not. So she was in a car accident with her boyfriend. She's 19. And you know, she, you know, the, the boyfriend unfortunately died. And there's this whole thing she, she posts on his Facebook wall after the, you know, I'm so sorry about this. Like, I can't wait till I meet you again. Um, all this stuff. It comes out after they go through her phone and check her messages that she has multiple times threatened to kill both of them while driving. She's, and when they look at the, they have black boxes in cars now. When they, when they look at the, the cars, she was going 100 miles an hour, never broke once, did not hit the brake, slammed into a brick wall. It's amazing that she survived, but he passed away. This is a, it's a crazy story. So she gets sentenced to 15 years in prison after yesterday. She also had traces of THC in her system that exceeded the Ohio legal limit. And she very clearly, it seems like, based on her messages and based on the way the car hit, that this was not reckless driving. This was, this was murder. She had a mission to go and, and kill herself and her boyfriend and did it. And all I could think of was, one, a horrible, horrible story. Two, this sounds like a situation that Trevor may have gotten himself into back in the day. I, I can see, like, graveyard girl having a little bit of this in her have you ever had somebody who threatened to to kill you trevor uh yes but i didn't take it seriously and i don't know anybody who is has too much thc in their system that's actually going 100 miles an hour <laughs> clearly she had something else in her system because if you're driving that stoned you're not going that fast so you have been threatened so a, a, a former love or a current love has threatened your life at one point at least two times yes good lord Two different people. I see. I knew it. I, I knew it. At least it never happened. I'm glad you're still with us, bud. I've been I've been swung at and hit many a times by one. And, and yes, just like the a real man I am, I did not swing back. That well done. Someone's just got to take it. Uh, it. It is wild though. I mean, she's got the thing that really separated it is her going to like the Facebook pages and the GoFundMe and stuff and being like, I can't wait to join you again sometime. Like that's the. That's the level of crazy that sets it apart. It is, but you could also consider maybe, I mean, the messages that are being found later on post the accident could have just been her talking smack out of anger. I mean, I've said stupid stuff out of anger. anger. Yeah, this was, this was her going to, like, the obituary page, though. No, I mean, like, the, the threats of, did she do this on purpose? Oh, well. I mean, that could have just been angry threats because he, like, forgot her birthday or something and didn't mean you actually take it seriously. People say stuff like that, unfortunately, all the time. Well, I mean, she apparently said multiple times, I'm, I'm going to wreck this both, and then she, she did it. So that one should have been taken seriously. But thankfully, yours did not need to be taken seriously. I'm glad. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you had more no normal girlfriends than this uh, poor young man.
we've got. Uh, did you have anything to weigh in? We've talked about a lot today, and you really haven't gotten to weigh in. You've had like two hours and twenty-five minutes to hold your thoughts inside. Is there anything that you've wanted to chime in on? The Georgia Tech quarterback Stoops taking shots at U of L. Uh, Kenny Payne comparing to past coaches who had struggles at the Power Five level early in their coaching careers. Anything? Uh, there were a few, but be damned if my short-term memory didn't make me forget what I was going to say right after I thought I could say it, but I couldn't. <laughs> I will say this. In terms of a race, I've got a decent idea. I race you in a 40-yard dash, but you have to crab walk. Okay. I, I, I'm down for that. You think you could beat me in a 40-yard in a dash if you crab walk and I walk normal? I don't know. I think it'd be a good race. I haven't crab walked in a solid 25, 30 years, but I, I think I, it's like riding a bike. I think you, when you fall off, you get back on. You're not going to forget it. Opposed to me who tries to crab walk and can't get back up. Could you crab walk right now? God, no. no. <laughs> I think we could do that. But I strain to get up out of my bed the second time to pee at 3 in the morning, let alone crab walk. <laughs> Well, we're glad we, got, we have the echo fix. If you've got thoughts from, from TK, from Trevor Kelsey, hit us up at 502-414-1450. Um, we did not get to hear your thoughts. Did you watch, you watch some of the Monday Night Football game? The Ravens finally lose a preseason game. It was like the Undertaker losing at WrestleMania. Uh, any significant thoughts there from what you saw last night? Zay Flowers, our boy, I know you, you had some doubts. Looking pretty good. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't, oops, didn't catch any of the Zay Flowers uh, stuff. I turned it on. A little late in the game, didn't have it on more as a as white noise background, uh, but it, it was what it was. It was, it was a ball game. I was just glad to see nobody I have in my fantasy team get hurt. That's all you asked for. It's like, um, it's like the spring game. It's a successful spring game if nobody gets hurt. That, that's how you feel watching preseason games as a fantasy football owner. Just don't let anybody get hurt. I'm a little more worried about the Jonathan Taylor news yesterday because he's on my fantasy team. What was the news there? I saw him trending. I never really got a, I never saw exactly what's going on. He apparently has decided to request a trade. I don't know if he's technically sitting out unless he gets traded or gets paid. Um, I think it's funny the Colts will not pay him first-round money but are requesting multiple first-rounds in a trade. This is just further proof in case you didn't know it, and if you're a Colts fan, maybe you're just blind to it. The Ursays are maybe the worst owners in all sports. It seems that way. The, the, the evidence is certainly mounting. Jim's a moron. Dad was a bigger putz than that. The tree, the, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Trevor not holding back with his cold stakes. That's fine. I, I saw that he was trending. I didn't know exactly what was going on, but there you have it. All right, I've got uh, – this is from BetKentucky.com. We've got legal gambling coming our way in the state of Kentucky in a very short amount of time. BetKentucky.com has launched – They've released only hypothetical odds. They can't release actual odds right now because there's nothing to bet legally on in the state of Kentucky. But they've released hypothetical odds for Louisville's upcoming football season final record. Would you care to venture a guess, TK, what they have as the most likely final record for UofL this season? Oh, eight, eight, eight and five or whatever. Eight wins and whatever losses. Can you not add to 12? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, eight and four would have been my guess as well. It's not the the front runner. It's not the morning line favorite, according to BetKentucky.com. They have seven and five as the plus one eighty five most likely final result for U of L's football season. They give U of L a thirty five percent chance of going seven and five this season. Good. Good. I love the haters. Second on the list. Hey, I had the loss part right. Right. 
Well, <laughs> if there's a bowl game involved, then yeah, they can, they can go eight and five. Second on the list is what I, I would have. I'm right there with you. I would have said eight and four is the favorite too. But they've got eight and four as the second most likely finish for Louisville season. They got that at plus three hundred. They give it a twenty five percent chance of happening. Now here's where it gets interesting. What do you see as the the third most likely option? Do you go better than eight and four or worse than seven and five? Where are you leaning here? Leaning better. I'm saying nine wins is the third best option. Kind of a trick question because they give the same exact odds to nine and three and six and six. You tricked me, bastard. At plus 400, they give a Louisville a 20% chance of finishing both six and six and nine and three. Now, 10 and two is not even on the board. They've got five and seven at plus 600 with a 14.3% chance of happening. And then any other possible result. They give a 6.3% chance of happening, which is that plus 1,500. That seems, uh, I mean, it's kind of an, it's an attractive bet that other is out there because, you know, things could go swimmingly for Louisville with the schedule. They could easily go, not easily, but they, they could definitely go 10-2 and two, uh, considering the fact that some early spreads have them favored in 9-10. Uh, one system has Louisville favored in all 12 games this year. Or, you know, Injuries could happen. Something could go horribly wrong, and they could only win four games. I feel like that other is a, it's not what I think is most likely to happen, but it's a tasty bet out there if you're looking for some value. I concur. There you go. I know you keep, I know you keep having to, to toot the thing down. Well, I got distracted by someone on your, your show tweet posted just replied to it and says, whose hand is holding the drink? In the picture? Yeah, look at it. There's like a random hand coming around the guy in the red shirt. I don't know if he's with somebody or if it's his hand holding the drink. Yeah, all I was paying attention to the, the red shirt guy. Then, all I was paying attention to was the picture of the bull and the kid and the bull's son. It's it's classic state fair. Yeah, it's. I think he's just completely covering up the person who's in front of him. But it does look like there's a tiny hand sticking out of his chest holding a drink. That's, that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> I can see why you were distracted. I'm not even mad at you for that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Texture says, did you see where Brett McMurphy has uh, Louisville in his preseason top 20? What does he know? We talked about this when it happened. McMurphy, he's, he's an official AP voter. It's not like he just did his preseason top 25 for the Action Network. He has Louisville at number 16 in his preseason top 25 poll. He is the, he's the only voter, AP or coaches poll, who had Louisville ranked. So he knows something. He's got us in the uh, the Gator Bowl against Auburn. There's a reason why he's the king of college football writers, TK. He, he knows everything. There's a reason why I always liked Brett McMurphy. and I've been interviewing that guy since he was uh, writing for The Sun before he was even Brett McMurphy. His mustache only had three hairs. Yeah, I remember he, he worked for The Sun Sentinel for a long time, and then he got let go before he got picked up by ESPN. And I sent him a DM because we, I think he unfollowed me after a certain amount of time. We used to follow each other and interact. And I was like, I was like, McMurphy to Card Chronicle, like just making a joke. And he's like, I'll take the best offer that comes. I'm like, well, buddy, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I'm not going to be giving you the best offer. I can give you 15 bucks a month, maybe. That's the best I can do. I think ESPN can outbid me. And, and they did. Texter says. I'm just I'm shuffling now through all the text from people that wanted you to say something with the echo. I can still, I do, can echo. still do echo. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. There's, there's, there's still an echo, echo if I don't mute you. Like right now. Like right now. We're reading this one across because we're broadcasting out to the, the people at the fair, so I, I can't. I don't. I don't, don't want to read that one. 
Uh, Texas, do we ever talk about T. Will going to the big house with Trump? Uh, well, 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 we don't know what's going to happen with Trump. We know that uh, Terrence Williams is going to jail. We did find that out. Uh, I think it was a few weeks ago. We talked about it on air. But uh, Terrence Williams, both the ringleaders of the, 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 the defrauding of the NFL Players Association and the NBA Players Association, the, I guess the COVID aid that they had out there were former Cardinals. It was Josh Bellamy on the football side and then T. Will on the basketball side. Do you think they're roommates in prison? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think Bellamy's been sentenced yet. T, but T. Will did get ten years uh, in prison for healthcare fraud. Not a great look. <laughs> not not something. Maybe Terrence's roommates with uh, Sebastian Telfair in prison. I think Telfair's out. What, did you ever? You're the wrong person. Text line, help me out here. I'm, I'm I'm putting out a question. This is your assignment for the last hour here. Whatever happened with? Remember Jeray Williams, T. Will's son, that was going to to play football here. He signed here. He was like the highest rated prospect in our class a couple of years ago, and then just was the one guy that did not qualify. And then I don't know where he he ever went. I don't I don't know if yeah, there was talk that he was still going to sign with Louisville, and I I don't know. I've never seen anything that happened to him. I, I don't I didn't know if he landed somewhere else, but he just seems to kind of have disappeared. If anybody knows. Let me know, because I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. That was, uh, it was interesting. Texture says, uh, the FIBA Basketball World Cup is coming up in four days. Bold prediction, Team USA cruises through the group stages but gets bounced in the quarters. That is a bold prediction. I saw, speaking of odds, they are one-to-one favorites in that tournament. I got the, the email today with the odds there. France is like the eight-to-one second choice. So uh, call me bold. I'm saying Team USA wins this thing. You're bold. You're bold. Thank you. I'm looking up uh, Jare Williams, and I can't find nothing more recent than February 2021 when he decommitted from Louisville. Like two years. I don't don't know what's happened. Somebody sent in a – this is a a gif of your face popping up on a salad. You're going to have to look at this yourself. I'll take a look at it here in a little bit. But – yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Texas Mike and Trevor doing a 100-meter race, but Mike has to do a Monty Python crazy walk high step. I could do that. I like the uh, crab walk better. Crab walk would be tough. Crab walk's definitely more of a assignment. Scoot says, by trick scooter, do you mean a razor? And then says, I'm a scooter expert. Even I knew that one, dude. Does Scoot ride scooters? He rents them, then wrecks them, but he doesn't own them. Being a scooter. Our, our favorite listener, Say, has uh, been on a uh, moped and wrecked it as well. Has he really? Yeah, and he just left it. That's, that's not cool. He had it for like one week. I was like, that's a bad idea. He's like, no, it'll be perfect. And it was like drizzling, and he, he wrecked it. He was okay. The The moped was somewhat damaged, and he just uh, he called a friend of ours to pick it up in the truck. I asked him one day, I was like, say, what happened to Moped? He's like, I don't know. I just told the guy to keep it. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Patrick, quote, I don't know if I should admit to using ChatGPT. Also, Patrick, let me tell you in detail about how to use ChatGPT so you don't get caught. That was nice. It was a little insight. Did you ever, I mean, I know your, your days in academia ended a little bit before mine, but did you ever have to do like, the like submit stories so you wouldn't get caught plagiarizing or so you would get caught plagiarizing no i don't know what, what uh, what's a civet story did you ever have to, have to like submit a paper system that would track it 
to see if you were plagiarizing. No, we, we didn't have that kind of technology. Because you didn't go to, I mean, you went to college after I did. True, but I didn't take, but I was, but I was at, you know, Western where they just don't care that, the classes I took just gets, didn't concern that much. Okay. And I know they didn't have that when I was at Wagner. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I turned in a paper at JCC about uh, Henry Clay. And if we'd had that, I promise you, I wouldn't have got a grade on it. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> showing our age here, I, I do remember my parents bought a, a collection of 1994 World Book encyclopedias. I think every paper I wrote between 1994 and 1999 was some variation of the World Book entry for what I was talking about. I've got my grandmother has a set as well. Uh, I still have it at my house, uh, ironically enough. And yes, I think I don't think there was a paper I wrote in the '90s that didn't have at least 90% of the words out of that book. Thanks to the fine folks at World Book for getting both TK and I into college. Texas, I can vouch for Patrick. Every male athlete has an electric scooter, bike, or board now. That's the thing, I guess. I now am just envisioning. Trevor, <laughs> I want you to arrive at the ACT on, on one of these motorized scooters or boards. First of all, I'm not. This is not self-deprecation. I don't know if that thing would hold me up. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I mean, the, the thing you would just—it would just look. I would just look like I'm on a, a boogie board because the wheels just blow out. Just cruising up, forty-three-year-old man on his electric uh, scooter. Hey guys, you guys ready for this thing? <laughs> Which section do you guys think is going to be the toughest? Section says, um, "Did Patrick get his pledge pin yet?" Well, Patrick's gone now. He's doing he's doing frat stuff. He's going to be frat pat. Every person who who goes to a fraternity and is Patrick or Patty or Pat, they become fratty Patty or, or frat Pat. That's what's going to happen. Please don't join a fraternity, Patrick. I like you too much. I have respect. He's 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 he's, he's going. He's going that route. He's going to be Greek. Geek, more like it. Like it. <laughs> Texture says, "Wait a sec after your last word, TK, before unmuting." Okay. I know we're we're, we're doing this on the fly here. We're, we're we're doing yeah. Texture says, "Would Trevor? I don't know. How do we how do we get here? Would Trevor consider hooking up with Diane Feinstein?" Uh, uh whoops, whoops. let me Google. Yeah, sober, no. Good buzz. Ask me again. I believe she just turned 90. That means there is no limitations. Okay. All right, we'll take our last <laughs> break. When we come back, I got a couple quick hitters for, uh, for TK. We'll take some more text from you guys at 502-414-1450. We'll look ahead to the night that will be in sports, and then we'll call it a day. It's the Mike Rutherford Show live from the Kentucky State Fair here on 1450 and 96.1. The big X. Every way loves a little stronger. Come what may, do you ever long for true love from me? Every day it's getting closer. Go. Back in final segment of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. We're live at the Kentucky State Fair. At least I am. Trevor Kelsey back at the studio in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To get so I, I've got to admit, like the the audio for the entire show 
has been super, super soft in my ears. Like, I haven't been able to hear. I know we started with Buddy Holly. I know that was Weezer Buddy Holly. Has there, is the theme just Buddy Holly today? It was all Buddy Holly until the very end. I went with just a bad close the show with Weezer's Buddy Holly. Any reason? I uh, just got, I don't know, lazy. Okay. No, I'm fine <laughs> with that. I'm just, I wasn't, wasn't entirely sure. I went to a... There's always something that happens or something that I see here that's good for radio content. And I don't know if this is going to translate, but I did just go to the bathroom. And the person who was at the urinal before me was wearing one like high-top sneaker on his right foot and one sandal with a sock on his left foot. And I just, I just I don't, I don't – is that a thing? Maybe Patrick would know better than we would. He's, he's more hip. I don't know if this is a, a fashion style, but I was very – I was very intrigued about what the allure of that would be. I'm, that's the, the, the fashion of someone who spent way too much time with the Budweiser tent. <laughs> I was, that, uh, that, that may be what's going on here. Uh, we've got about, let's see, 20 minutes here. If you've got thoughts you want to have heard, hit us up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. A couple other things to get to uh, real quickly today. One, I thought it was interesting. We, we, we talked about Matt McGavick and Louisville Report. Matt's doing awesome stuff over there. You should read his work. We love when he comes on the show. But uh, his website, he's hardest working man in the city. He's always putting out new content over there at Louisville Report. We talked about his projections for the UofL depth charts too deep earlier today. I did want to talk. He wrote a piece. This is either yesterday or Sunday. Wrapping up fall camp. Fall camp is now done. Ended with a scrimmage over the weekend. It's now full prep mode for the season. Namely, full prep for week one against Georgia Tech. So McGavick highlighted six players that he felt like were real standouts at camp. This is based on him going to all the open practices and then what he heard from the coaching staff and other people that were there. Are you ready to hear the six players that stood out above all of us? Yes, I am. One, and we've brought this guy up on the show a number of times, Chris Bell, the wide receiver. He's, a, he's the first person that McGavick mentions by name, although he says that he's doing it alphabetically. There's a lot of talk about the transfers that have entered the program, namely Jamari Thrash and Kevin Coleman, Jaden Thompson from Cincinnati also getting a little bit of love. You bring back Amari Huggins-Bruce. I think when anybody talks about the wide receivers, they're like, Louisville really only brings back one productive wide receiver, and it's AHB. Chris Bell is a guy who we saw come on at the very end of last year when other guys left the program or were hurt. He had a very good fall camp. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar this year, but I think he can be a guy that plays meaningful snaps, becomes like your third or fourth leading receiver, becomes a big play threat, and then really sets the stage for himself to be a superstar moving forward. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who just had seven receptions for 105 yards last season, but seems to have taken massive steps forward this year. And it seems like there's, I mean, he's 6'2", 225 pounds. There's some talk that he could also be kind of that wide receiver tight end hybrid we may use him in a, in a variety of roles. He's another option at a position like tight end where we have so little big-time experience. But Chris Bell, getting some some big-time love from Matt McGavick there. I know he's your boy. Uh, you love Chris Bell, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm more Team Coleman, but I, I'm, I'm all for Chris Bell as well. And when you just talk about that size, I mean, let's not forget, you know, Brom, we, we, you, you, people like to think of Rondell, but, I mean, his other two like more successful receivers, especially at Purdue, were David Bell. The, the good one, not the man, bad manager one, who was 6'2", I think 200 pounds, and then, of course, Milton Wright, he's like 6'4", 220. Yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, he likes 
the bigger wide receiver. I mean, I think Charlie Moore last year is, is, a, is a bigger wide receiver as well, who was basically their entire wide receiving core last season. So he definitely fits that mold. It'll be cur- I'm curious to see how they use him this year. But no shortage of options this year, which makes the passing game so fun to follow. The second uh, standout that McGavick listed, Jarvis Brownlee at cornerback. And it's interesting. You, we, weren't, we weren't able to have you be a part of the conversation when because your audio was not working. But Patrick and I were, were going down the two deep and who we thought. And cornerback is one of the more interesting positions because Quincy Riley, a returnee, who was very good last year, I think very underrated. You think that he's probably going to be a starter. Brownlee started, started for most of the season a year ago. But you also bring in Storm Duck, who's an all-conference player from North Carolina, who is one of the biggest names in the transfer portal, not just because his name is Storm Duck, but because he's, he's pretty good. Brownlee needed to have a big fall camp in order to solidify himself as a potential starter and to not get passed up. And it sounds like he's done that. Uh, I mean, he was he, he's a guy who, when he was good last season, was very good. And when he wasn't, it really stood out, namely in that Florida State game where he got picked on a little bit by his old team. But it sounds like he had a really fantastic fall camp. Would not be shocked if he does start and maybe split some time with Storm Duck. But, I mean, he's a guy who had the second most pass breakups in the ACC last season with 12. So he's proven himself at a, at a fairly high level. And if teams are going to go out of their way to not target Quincy Riley, he's a guy who's going to have to step up. But good to see that Jarvis Brownlee had a big-time fall. Not a lot to add to that other than the secondary is some of the things Amongst a season full of lots of question marks and things I want to see happen on September 1st, the secondary is probably the top of my list of the circled most questionable things to see what happens and how it unfolds. There's a lot of talent there and a lot of depth. Even with MJ Griffin out, I still think you feel like you feel good about the secondary, but you're one more big-time injury away from feeling, I think, a little bit concerned there. Two guys on the list that I think should surprise nobody. Brian Hudson, who's preseason All-ACC at center, and Ashton Gelade, who I think, according to anybody who's seen any of Louisville practice, whether it's this uh, back in February, not February, that's the Satterfield, back in the spring or this, uh, this fall camp, has been the best defensive player on the roster. So no surprise there that both those guys get a shout-out. TJ Quinn is the fifth player mentioned, and it's, his name was, was mentioned a ton over the last three weeks, and, and it needs to be because – You can't have a solid defense without really productive linebackers, especially in a 4-3 scheme. Louisville lost more production at linebacker from last season than any other spot on either side of the ball. They needed some guys to step up. It sounds like TJ Quinn is one of the guys who's made that happen. Keith Brown, the Oregon transfer, has also been very, very good. That should help. But we need... We need TJ Quinn. We, we needed somebody who's not that well-known to the fan base to step up and really take a huge step forward in order for this defense to be as good as it can possibly be this season. It sounds like Quinn is probably the most likely player to do that. It's, it's a guy who only logged 18 tackles last season. He played not a whole lot of snaps, but he was the defensive MVP of the spring game. Seems to have been great during the last three weeks. Nice to hear that he's doing well. The last player mentioned by Matt as the, one of the six standouts, Jamari Thrash. And no surprise there. He looked fantastic during fall camp. Everybody who's watched this team practice has said he's been, like, he looks different than the other guys. Kevin Coleman's a different type of receiver, but Thrash is the guy that you feel like can step right in and become an all-ACC caliber player. He might lead the, you know, he, could, he could be one of the top five guys in the conference in terms of catches, in terms of yardage. Uh, I'm very, very excited to see this passing game with Jamari Thrash starting a, a week from Friday. Yeah, I'm thrilled to see Thrash. I'm thrilled to see Coleman. I'm thrilled to see Bell. And 
And while, like I said, you're kind of more Team Bell, I'm Team Coleman, we're both Team Thrash, I guess you would say if, that, if that's the case. With Thrash, it doesn't surprise me that he seems to be ahead of the group because he's also by far the most experienced of the group. And look, I'm very excited for Kevin Coleman too. Uh, I, I'm, don't 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 paint me as anti Coleman. I'm not. I'm not. I think he's super exciting. What he brings to the table, and I can't wait to see him. I just think we're maybe sleeping on Chris Bell a little bit. I think he, I think he can have a big time here. Um, all right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. We've got about uh, ten minutes for text. We could do that. Texture says uh, a lot of people are pointing out that a moped is very different from a scooter. Uh, uh, no, well, they look different. They're shaped different, but when you ride them, you still look like a geek. <laughs> so no, there is no difference. Those electric scooters, though, are a lot more similar to mopeds than the the ones where you're actually like pushing yourself. Yeah, unless you're in Key West, 1987, you're not on a moped looking cool. Texas says Trevor is younger than Mike. What the bleep? No, no. Okay. Oh, that's because I said you started school. You were in college after me. Yeah, uh, you, <laughs> you, you, you are older than I am, but you did start college at, after I was done, I think. Well, no, it, well, no, it, when did you finish college? I started in, oh, well, technically, oh, four, I went to JCC, but I went to Western in oh, five. I thought you said, I thought you, for some reason, I thought your freshman year of college was my senior year of college. I graduated in oh, six, oh, seven. No, I, I actually did a year. I did a, a year at JCC, and then I went to Western for two, what, I guess, less, a little under a year, two semesters. Okay. I started in the summer, and I did, and then I left after, like, before the, the, the summer of the next year. So you are, I mean, you're, what, like four and a half years older than I am. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think been I was a senior in high school, and you've been a freshman, probably. My freshman year was 99-2000. Okay, you would have been in eighth grade. I was a senior. Okay, yeah, that's why I thought we were five grades apart, because we're I'm right in that mix. Which, by the way, we'll be only four years apart after my birthday on Sunday. My last, uh, my last... 30-something birthday. It's coming up. Texas said, I thought Popeye Williams was his son. No, that's uh, Jeray Williams was T-Will's son. And no and no, 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 no uh, research on him. The newest article I could find was uh, he was just in limbo. I, I don't think he's playing anywhere. You always, I mean, you always worry when you have stories like that, where it's a kid that just you know didn't qualify, and then you just don't hear. I mean, he's a, he was a high four-star talent. He was a kid that could have gone a lot of di- different places, I think you just kind of worry about what's going on with him now. That's that's concerning that we have not heard anything else since uh, since the news that he wasn't going to make it at U of L. Texas, I think we need to get Trevor's touchdown cards to play at the stadium this year. People were blown away by your touchdown cards with the echo. Thank you. You really just said it normally. You didn't have to do anything special. The the lack of technology did all the work there. Texas says, let's see. So somebody tried to do the chat GT. You know, we, we had a question. Somebody said, please try to predict the football and basketball seasons for chat w- through chat AI. And this is what they said. The question to the chat bot was, what will the UofL football record be for 2023? Just give it a shot. And the chat bot said, while I understand your curiosity, I'm afraid I cannot provide an accurate prediction of the University of Louisville football team's record for 2023. It would be best to follow the games and updates from official sources or sports news outlets to stay informed about their performance. Well, that's lame. And then the, the next one they asked again, they said, if forced to predict with a gun to your head, what would you say to this question? What will the UofL football record be for 2023? Just give it a shot. 
And then the chatbot said, I'm sorry to hear that you feel forced to make a prediction. However, as an AI, I cannot provide an accurate prediction. And it just goes on to the same thing. Well, that's lame. I think it must be a step forward. AI sucks. Texture said. Are you there, TK? Yeah, my yeah, my, 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 my head's going out. It's annoying the crap out of me right now. I'm sorry. Well, we have 10 minutes left. We're going we're to get through this. Texas, you may have missed it because you were out sick, but Tom Izzo said that Chris Holtman will win a national championship in five years. Kind of a strange thing to say considering Izzo hasn't won a title in 25 years. That's... I don't know what Izzo is basing on that. Chris Holtman has not been past the second round of the NCAA tournament at Ohio State, and we also haven't had a Big Ten team of any sort win a national title since 2000 when it was Michigan State. That's, I'll take Tom Izzo on that bet. The other side. A hotter name to fall flat, Holtman to Ohio State or Mac to Louisville? Uh, Mac fell, fell flatter. Ohio State's at least been good. They just haven't done anything in the NCAA tournament let me ask you this question so people say they can't hear anything now I can hear, I can hear you you can hear me okay some text line just says we can't we can't hear anything um, I'll ask you this question assuming that other people can hear do you think the next Big Ten national champion in men's basketball is in the conference right now or will be joining the conference in the next few years? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say in the conference currently. I feel like that's more likely because, look, it's not like the Pac-12. We haven't had a West Coast national champion since 97, so it's not like the schools that they're adding have been tearing it up. But, uh, I mean, I guess the Big Ten could add some more schools at some point, but I, I think that it's still more likely that it's – Michigan State, Ohio State, I use somebody of that ilk. I want to say Ohio State. If you may, if you got into my head, maybe say pick one Big Ten team you think will be the first to win a title since 2000. I don't know why I would say Ohio State. So do you think it's going to be in the next five years? Is Izzo, is Izzo right? No. But when is Izzo ever really right? Is I don't know if this text is for us or if it's for. Is it one about, is it one about Matt's iPhone? iPhone? Yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Matt, Matt iPhone suck. It's Apple's fault. The messages don't work. Why are you blaming Ryan's phone for your stupid phone's non-compliance? I think it's a text for Kick Sports Radio. We have gotten K KSR text to KRC before, but I don't. We've never gotten KSR text to the, the Rutherford Show. So. Interesting. Should I text him back? Yeah. What would you say? This is Ryan's phone. Stop blaming me, punk. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> Have you watched? So you you hadn't watched it when we were on the air yesterday, but you've watched the trailer for the new OVW wrestling show. I have. I have. I watched it last night as soon as we got done here. Actually, actually. Quick thoughts. Uh, I, I'm intrigued. I'm. Uh, I know I don't get into reality television, and, and whether it be and, and mostly sports, but for some reason when it comes to wrestling, kind of like the show Heels on on Stars, which I wouldn't watch if it didn't have wrestling intrigued in it. Uh, I am wanting to see this. Uh, I liked seeing uh, a lot of the spotlight with Al. Uh, Hollywood Jay, who I've told you, I think last night, somebody I saw for the first time a few years ago, I think she has a lot of talent and will unfortunately be gone from here at some point and into the, the AEW or WD world. 
uh, sooner than later. Uh, but the big thing I think I took from it was in very small doses, and there's only like two clips with him in it on this trailer, if you've seen it. Matt comes off like, not 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 that he's wrong in what he says, but he does kind of feel like he's a heel in his story. So talking to, to multiple people that have been part of the show, or it, it, look, I don't think anybody knows where thing is going to go. You, you never know. look great in this like they're going to kind of try to paint him as the like the outsider who comes in and tries to you know tell everybody what to do i don't know i mean i'm curious to see it but that seems to be the consensus from people that are are with obw but you never know what what stand the editors are going to take i mean he did i mean he did his initial thing he first says he's like if i don't come in here al would have just he's bad with money he he basically kind of says al this obw wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him in so many ways which I think they are going to. I feel like it's going to be a big Al versus Matt struggle, and we've you know we've heard a little bit of that over the years. But like Al is, Al may be our most consistent guest on the on this global <laughs> sports radio show. Uh, we love talking to Sorry, Al. Sorry, Leo. I know. Yeah, I know he's very excited about the show coming out. Uh, I mean, oh, they should use some of the clips from my New Year's Eve interview of Al Snow. If it does come off as an Al versus Matt kind of thing in this documentary, then they have to use that in storyline in the OBW actual show. I would love to. It would, it would be fantastic. That would be great. Uh, somebody sent Leo, speaking of, of caller Leo, he sent in this, this story that Dennis Dodd has written about the, his, his official ACC preview. And he's asked to write about the most overrated team in the ACC, and he mentions Louisville. He says, Jeff Brom was the perfect choice to succeed the middling Scott Satterfield. He's a legacy. He can coach. He guided per friggin' due do to the Big Ten championship game. Louisville isn't competing for the ACC title, though. Not anytime soon. It is a middle-of-the-road ACC program that has finished above third place in its division twice since 2014. It certainly is not a national program. It, was, it certainly is not the national program it was threatening to be 10 years ago. God bless Lamar Jackson and all, but is it fair to say that Louisville has slipped? In one sense, that's why Brom was hired. Uh, transfer Jack Plummer comes in knowing the system, but this is a league that is still ruled by Clemson with Florida State coming on strong. Louisville's a program that has barely averaged seven wins in the last five years. The last coaches to really win big with the Cardinals were Bobby Petrino and Charlie Strong, and that was a while ago. Satterfield did not leave much talent on the roster and only four starters return on offense. Hmm. Uh, I think, uh, I, I, think, think that's, I think that's someone just... trying to be con- the uh, the reverse hot take on what's been the popular consensus of how Jeff Brom is such a great hire. Now this is same story. Barrett Sali, who also writes for CBS, he highlighted Louisville as the most underrated team in the ACC. He said, "I did a double take when I saw that Louisville was picked eighth in the conference. It's a complete contradiction from the eight win total listed at Caesar Sportsbook." Odds makers are right, and voters in the ACC poll are wrong. The switch from Satterfield to Brom is a massive upgrade, and the addition of Plummer through the portal was a coup for a team that needs a gunslinger under center. He threw 26 touchdowns under Brom at Purdue before throwing for 21 touchdowns last season at Cal. Translation, he's fully comfortable with Brom's system and incredibly experienced. That, coupled with a new defensive scheme that will rely heavily on an experienced secondary, will lead the Cardinals into ACC contention. Okay, that's more like it. Yeah, yeah. So, the all the CBS writers, 
there are, it looks like, eight of them made their prediction for the order of finish. Not one of them has anybody besides Clemson or Florida State in the top two. But. Good, good. Chip Patterson has us third. Texas Rider? Texas Rider? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. He writes for CBS. Barrett Salih has us fourth. And then both David Cobb and Will Backus have us fifth. A couple guys have us sixth. The lowest on the list is Dennis Dodd, who has us ninth. I think Dennis Dodd just became an enemy of the station. I think he's just I think trying, he's just to, trying play, to play uh, the, the extreme devil's advocate to us and whatever. It seems like everyone's picking us as the hot, hot take favorite or the, the boom team, the team to watch. He's just playing it the other way. Enemy of the station. It's done. Dodd, you're dead to us. Done. Te- dead, dead Dennis Dodd? Dodd? Texas bleep Dennis Dodd. Texas hearing that Dodd the Dolt makes me feel good about the season. Is that his new nickname? (laughs) Texas says the next Big Ten school to win it all is definitely UCLA with Mick Cronin. I know. I know. Now, somebody did get ChatGPT to finally make a prediction. And ChatGPT says, I predict the Cardinals will improve their record to 9-3 and 5-3 in the ACC. That means they're beating Kentucky and Notre Dame. How about that? All right. I like that. I like that. There we go. All right, tonight, looking ahead to tonight, we, first of all, we got Bats baseball. Who, who do we have the Bats on against tonight? They are hosting, they are hosting uh, the once 20-something-year home of Lou Brown, the Toledo Mud Hens. Okay, nice. So that's 7, 630? 6.05 pregame. So we're going pretty much right into the game. All right, 6.05 pregame. Tonight after are in action against a huge West Coast swing. I feel like this is, if they have a winning record, they've got a shot. This could be where the dream dies, these next 10 games on the West Coast. It starts tonight in Anaheim. Graham Ashcraft on the hill against Giolito, who was a guy that the the Reds were kind of looking at potentially. Angels are a slight favorite here. 938 first pitch out there on the West Coast. TK, who wins this one? Uh, Reds pull up the game one win tonight. I think so too. Ashcraft's been fantastic recently. He's due to get some support. I think his, his ERA since early early June is like one nine eight. So I'm, I'm hoping that continues. Let's get it done. I think it's going to be a blowout, and you get to start watching Suicide Kings tonight. Okay, we'll see about that. Go Reds, beat the Angels. All right, everyone have a fantastic Tuesday night. We're back tomorrow in studio in Jeffersonville at three o'clock. We'll talk to you then. Go Cards. Go Reds. Go Fair. Go Bats. Go Bats. Go Bats. Go bats.